Amen. Well, Brother Richard, why don't you come on up here? Amen. Get right into what the Lord has for you tonight. Amen. Love you, buddy. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, are you excited to be here tonight? Come on, are you excited to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. How many would rather be here than jail? Raise your hand. All right. Most of you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. How many of you how many how many here this is your very first time being here? Raise your hand. I mean this first time being in these meetings. Okay, a couple of you. We're so so glad you can be here. Praise the Lord. Where you been? No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. So glad you could be here with us. This is um Obviously, I'm not the pastor. Your pastor was just up here. And um, we, appreciate, we appreciate your pastors. And I just want everybody to know publicly that I, I, I am so thankful that God brought you and your precious wife into our life. And we, we love you guys dearly. And, and when I'm a friend, man, I'm a friend. I mean, I just, I, I still got friends that I've had from when I was a kid going to school. I mean, when I'm a friend, I'm a friend, man. I mean, and I got, fr- I got friends that... Man, I, I, they have been through so much. Matter of fact, I have one friend just here, just before we came up here, we met, and he just, just was crying and just thankful for just not, you know, leaving him when others did. And, and listen, and he he became a rascal, so I'm going to say. But you know what? God God never gave up on him. And how many know we're supposed to have the character of God? Amen. Even though he was living a lifestyle that I didn't approve of, but I, I was still his friend. And I don't know, that's just how I am. I'm a very faithful person. I'm a very faithful friend, and, and, um, and I don't take relationships lightly. And, and, and I just want this church to know that, that I believe in your pastors, and I believe God sent them here for a purpose and for a reason. Amen. Well, I'm not, listen, I'm not here to build my ministry. But we are here to build the kingdom of God and, and help this church to advance even further in what God has for this church to do. Amen? You know, and, and God, I find that God brings, you know, I know that God has brought people into my life that, you know, they're not necessarily somebody that I would have chose in the natural. You know what I mean? But man, they, they have been such a, they've been such a supply of the Spirit. Amen? Man, they've been such a supply of the Spirit. And we've got to be spirit people. Amen? I mean, we don't, we, we don't, we don't pick f- f- friends after the flesh. Amen? And I'm not saying that I wouldn't pick you as my friend. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Sometimes people think in their mind. But, but we, we, have, to, we have to have people that, that, in, that are in our life that, you know, I think about the, the man let down from the roof. You know, he couldn't do that on his own in Luke chapter 5. Listen, and he had to get radical. But guess what? He got radical because obviously he had friends that were radical like him. Because you know what? He got so radical that he wasn't going to take no for an answer when they told him, you can't come in the room because it's full of preachers. They turned him away. And yet, but he would not quit. He would not give up. He did not say, well, you know, I'm on Jesus' mailing list, you know, and I know he's going to be back in town in a few months from now. No, no, I'll just get here earlier next time. No, no, no. But that's what some people do because they'll take no for an answer. But you know what? He was so desperate. He knew that his miracle was inside that house, Luke chapter 5. Because the Bible says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. 
He knew his miracle was in there. You know, the thing that's so amazing is that the ones that were there, the power of God was for. But the ones that, that the, the one that was not in the room is the one that got healed. And, and when, I, when I look at that, I see God's mercy. Because whenever the healing and anointing of God comes, it's because there's people present that's sick. So that tells me for the power of God to heal, to be there, tells me that some of those Pharisees and religious leaders of, of, of the day, doctors of the law, had to be sick. See, that when they're, they're the ones that tried to find fault in him. But yet, you see God's goodness and his mercy. But yet his power is present to heal them. But they didn't get anything. But the one who wouldn't take no for an answer, the one who wasn't comfortable, the one who refused to take no for an answer, the one who got radical, actually so radical that, that man, he, he listen, it, you better know it is radical to go to somebody's house that's not yours and to take away part of the roof. That's radical. That's, that wasn't his house. No, no, no. That, but you know what? Desperate people do desperate things. But think about it. He was paralyzed. Because the Bible says that, that he walked home. He was carried there, but he walked home. Think about it. He, his friends had to carry him there. And when they wouldn't let him in, you know they said, well, what do you want us to do now? He said, I'm getting in there. But you know, they said you can't get in. But I'm getting in there. Okay, we're with you. What do you want to do? Well, I'll tell you this is what I'm going to do. I'm getting in there, so I want you to go up on top of the roof and then pull me up with you, and then I want you to take away some of the ceiling and make a big enough hole to let me down. That's exactly what happened, because he didn't take away the roof himself. Hello? Listen, he had to have friends that was around. You need friends like that in your life. You, you might not agree with them on everything, but who cares? It, it's amazing to me. I mean, who cares? Do you know what? You're never going to find some, anybody that you agree with 100%. Hello? Listen, I don't agree with my pastor. My pastor is one of my dearest friends in all the world. I'd do anything for him. I would literally do anything. Matter of fact, one time when he was doing a crusade, he was really in a, a, a bind financially. And I said to my wife... Uh, let's, we're going to sell our, uh, sell our house. At that time, I had almost six-figure e- uh, equity to take out of it. And I was going to sell my house and take the equity and put it into his crusade. But I don't agree with everything he says. Hello? Listen, that, but it doesn't mean I don't love him. And I wouldn't do anything in this world for him. I don't agree with everything my wife says, but it doesn't mean I don't love her and wouldn't do any of her thing for her. No, come on, if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. Hey, to be honest with you, I don't even agree with everything I say. But it don't mean I don't love myself. <laughs> I mean, haven't you ever said something and then, or, or said something to somebody and as you're going home, think about your conversation and think, why did I say that? I don't believe that. Anybody ever done this? Oh, I guess I'm the only one. Okay, me, me and Peggy, we're the only ones. No, no, no. <laughs> what I'm saying is just because, just because you don't have to agree with everything because it's not, a, it's not about that. Come on, it's not about that. 
And you have to have people in your life that are radical. You know what? In the natural, they, listen, they, 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 they might annoy you. But you know one thing? You know that they'll be there for you. And they'll get in the trenches with you. They'll get dirty with you. Come on. That when, when your life's dependent on the prayer, they're the first ones, they're the first ones there that'll lay everything to the side and they'll get in that room with you and they'll pray 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 one, two, three, four, five, six, seven hours and not leave your side until that miracle takes place. Come on, you need people like that. Amen. That's what this man had in Luke 5. And I'll be honest, that's just the type of person. I'm that way. And, and I appreciate your pastors. I appreciate them, and listen, they, they are anointed of God. And I, I see this city shaken, Pastor Monty. I see this city shaken by the glory of God. I see that beautiful, I see it in the Holy Ghost. No, I see it in the, I see that beautiful building. I see the Bibles. Oh, I see it. I see it. No, I see it. Oh, I see it. I see it. I see it. I see the newspaper even writing an article about it. Glory to God. I see it. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Now you come on, church. Hallelujah. Now come on. We go from glory to glory. No, we go from glory to glory. Come on, we go from glory to glory. No, we go from glory. And if anything, I'm here like I'm here like Samson, just to let a lot of fire to your rear end. <laughs> That's what Samson did. He let a fire to three hundred foxes. Hello, didn't he? <laughs> some of those foxes were beautiful. Some were probably ugly. Some were probably skinny. Some were probably overweight. Some were old. Some were young. But he set a fire to the three hundred foxes. Guess what? Didn't he? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I tell you, the Lord is good. Have you, have you been blessed this week so far? How many have been blessed? Raise your hand. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. See, that just blesses me. Hallelujah. How, how, how many, how many of you in, in experienced the touch of the Lord this week? It's a whole lot more. Hallelujah. I say it's a whole lot more. No, there's a whole lot more. This is just the beginning. Listen, I want you to know that you're looking at a very hungry preacher. I am a very hungry preacher. I'm hungry for the things of God. You know, listen, I can't, I can't, I can't teach you how to fly a plane. I've never flown, well, I've gone up twice because I was going to get my pilot's license at one time, but I said, it's not for me. But I can't teach you how to fly a plane. I can't teach you how to make a billion dollars. I've never made a billion dollars. But I can teach you how to have an encounter with God. Because you can only take somebody someplace you've been. Amen. You can only take somebody someplace you've been. If you haven't been there, you can preach sermons about it, but you can't take people there. Amen. And one of the problems that we have in the church today is we have a lot of people have a whole lot of knowledge. They know a whole lot about God. But you know there's a difference between knowing about Him and knowing Him? I can go to, so I can go to many theologians right now and listen, they know a whole lot about God, but I wouldn't have them pray for me. There's a difference between knowing about Him and knowing Him. I said there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. Now, there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. 
And listen, we got to move. We got to move from knowing about him to because ha- you know. Listen, you know, Christianity is all about intimacy with the Father. It's listen. It, it, it's it's not just about making heaven. Thank God for heaven. Thank God we're going to heaven. Amen. But Christianity is not just about missing hell. It's not just about not going to hell and going to heaven. No, no, it's more than that. It's about in this life having a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's about in this life knowing the Father, knowing El Shaddai, knowing the one who has no beginning, the one who has no end. It's about knowing the one who gave himself for us. I mean, and th- listen, all throughout the Word of God, all th- and I've said this over and over and over this week, and that's really been the thing for this week, over and over and over about seeking Him, about being hungry and desperate for Him. You should just go through the Scriptures yourself and just look at all the times God tells us to seek Him. Not only does God tell us to seek Him, but the Bible also tells us that we are to be hungry for, we are to thirst for, we are to desire the spiritual gifts. Amen. But but you know I'm not listen I'm not going to get a show of hands because it's not about embarrassing anybody. But I, I I would venture to just just ask yourself the question: How many of you here just this last week have been crying out for the working of miracles to operate through you? I don't, you don't have to show me your hands. It's not I'm, I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot. How many of you have been crying crying out for the gift of faith to be? Released in you, have been crying out for the gifts of healing to operate through you. No, I don't, because the Bible says, desire the the, uh, the gifts of the Spirit, desire the best gifts, desire the things of the Spirit. Isn't that what the Bible says? See, if you don't desire something, you're not going to go after it. Do you know? Listen, it's very simple. Do you know why people sin? It's very easy. People sin because their heart's not satisfied with God. If your heart's satisfied with God, you don't want anything that hell has. If your heart's satisfied with God, all you can think about is that which is of the Father, that which comes from His presence. Now, come on. You don't even think about nothing from that, that the enemy has to offer. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. No, absolutely nothing. Listen, you know how many churches that... That 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 the, the, the people have come to me and they 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 went to. I, I was at a church and I was actually just visiting, and the person knew who I was. I had never been to the church, but this person knew of me. I guess they saw me on TV or whatever. But they came and they said, "Man, they went to they went they went to a revival, and 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 they said, oh, it was such it was such presence there, it was so so life there.' And they they come back to their church and they said, it's, it's hard for me to even come here anymore.'" Well, I'm, I'm, I, obviously, I, I, I told him, said, no, 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 look, you need, you need to begin to pray for your church and pray for the power, so forth, so on. But, but my point is this, when people taste God, there is a longing and there is a desire for more. And when, you, when you're at a place that don't have that, but yet you've tasted of that, you'll become miserable. There's nothing like His presence. No, there's nothing like the presence of the Lord. There's nothing like His presence. No, there's nothing like His presence. 
His presence is everything. Everything you need is in His presence. Everything. That's why Moses said, we we talked about it the other night. Moses said, wherever your presence is, I'm going to be. I don't want to be anywhere but your presence. I don't want to be anywhere but your presence. Of course, Moses, you know, I mean, we know that he had an encounter with God. I mean, in Exodus chapter 3. You know, I'm trying to get a dear friend of mine here who has a church in San Diego and also has a church, I think it's like four hours from here. I don't know the name of the city. Hadn't been there. I've been to his church in San Diego, but... He's actually translating his own Bible because he, he speaks fluent Hebrew and Greek. And, um, and he said to me, he's just, wrote a, he's just written a book on, and I read some of the manuscript, but he's written a book on, on holiness. And uh, he was saying to me in, in, in Exodus 3, when, when, when God spoke to Moses and told him to come hither. Do you know actually in the Hebrew what God was saying? God said to Moses, he said, here's what he said. He said, this is what the Hebrew says. Moses, listen, I love it. He says, Moses, my beloved. He calls him his beloved. Moses, my beloved. Do you know you're his beloved? No, do you realize you are his beloved? And just as God called Moses to come, so does He desire us to come. Nothing's changed. God does not change. Listen to me. God does not change. He said in Malachi, or if you're, or if you're an Italian, the book of Malachi, God said, he said he, he said, I am God and I change not. He changes not. And just as His desire for Moses... As he, when he said, Moses, my beloved, to come hither, he hasn't changed. So does he say the same thing as today. Come, all throughout scriptures, come, my beloved, come to me. Come after me. Come, I desire. Do you realize how much God desires for you to know him? Do you know how much God desires for you to know him? Do you understand how much God desires for you to come after Him and to seek Him and to know Him? There's things that God wants to impart. But God, because here's what makes God so incredibly awesome. Do you know, listen, I can't, I feel so inadequate sometimes. Listen, there's nothing I can say tonight. There's nothing I can say tonight that would even add anything to Him. I feel so inadequate. I'll be honest with you. I can't say every single night, but I'll be honest with you. Most every night and every revival, I leave and I ask the Lord, Lord, did I do everything that that you you ask of me to do? That I say everything that you told me to say? Is there something I I, I shouldn't have said? No, no. I I take it very seriously. That's why I'm not in a hurry. Listen, I I do not think, I never think about hurry up and come into the service and hurry up and preach my my sermon and, and going home. Because people are not getting to get I think of nothing. I never have that thought. The moment I have that thought, I need to go sell cars. I don't have that thought. Because my whole purpose, listen, my whole, my whole purpose, God's called me to get people in His presence. That's what my job is. He, the Lord, spoke to me in 19, 1990, and He said, I'll take the move of my spirit to my people. Take the move of the spirit. Take the move of the Holy Ghost to the church. That's why here, and I, I haven't stopped. My wife and I, we haven't stopped. I have people all the time come. Listen, I cannot t- 
tell you the, I've had churches offered to me. I cannot tell you the people that come to me, well, you need the pastor. You should be a pastor. You've got a pastor. You're a pastor. Listen, I, I, I don't even give heed to it. I mean, probably I have a few times, but I mean, no, I, I know what the Lord said to me. And, the, and one of the problems that people make, especially in ministry, is, is that they, they get frustrated. The Lord told, listen, and there's going to be frustration. Hello. I mean, how many know life throws things at you? That's why I said to you last night, it's not unscriptural to be in a battle. It's just unscriptural to lose it. Amen? And I cannot tell you, but you know what? It's just a trick of the enemy because that, this is what, this is what happens because things might get tough or people might meet, you know, being attacked. And then, you know, then the enemy will send people, you know, you should be doing this and you should be doing this. And guess what? They start listening and they get away from the very thing God told them to do. Listen, understand something. God's provision is when, is in His will. God's protection is in His will. I've been to 55 nations of the world. I spent a week in Pakistan where I had armed guards outside my door. I didn't ask for them, but I I knew I was supposed to go. But you know the thing I've learned a long time ago? Listen, I'm safer in the will of God in Pakistan than I am out of the will of God in Tualatin, Oregon. Amen? But I also know who's with me and I know who backs me. I mean, I'm going to get into some. You don't want to miss Sunday morning. The Lord's already shown me something to share. But you don't want to miss Sunday morning. Listen, I was going over some things. Do you, do you know the significance? I'll just give you a little insight. Do you know the significance of when Jesus, after he prayed through in the garden, when he said, think about it, 600 Roman soldiers came after him, came to him. 600. 600 Roman soldiers. Listen, these were not mall cops. These were mighty warriors. Six, 600. Listen, nothing wrong with being a mall cop. I'm just saying, these were not mall cops. These were mighty warriors. Amen. <laughs> Amen? They were mighty warriors. Why, did they send tw- why didn't they send 20 or 50? They sent 600. That gives you some insight, listen to me, of what they thought of who he was and, all, and, and the things that happened in his ministry in just three and a half years. You know so much happened. You know what we read about? Actually, I, I can't, I'm not going to say the amount. Matter of fact, a friend of mine's coming, coming uh, tomorrow, Pastor Debbie Rich. She, she, she's an awesome woman of God. Got a church a couple of hours. We went to Raymond like your pastor and I graduated from there. And a uh, powerful woman. And uh, I'll ask her, I can't remember, but she, she, I heard her say the other night that, um, actually, I say the other night, man, time flies, it's a couple years ago. She uh, was, um, it, uh, when I was, we was at, my wife and I was at her church, and she got up and she was reading a, 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 just about the Word of God. Do you, do you realize that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, and I'll ask her the percentage, but it's, it's over, I, I think it's something like, I think it's something like 40% or 50%. I'll find out the exact amount of, of the Gospels was just written in the last 35 days of Jesus' life. What we read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John 
It's a very small, 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 small portion because the Bible says there was so much that was done in his ministry. Think about it. He had the Holy Ghost without measure. There was so much done in his ministry that the Bible says there's not enough room in the world to contain the books that would be written about all that he did. What we read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is a very small portion of all that he really did. So, so now when you begin to put things together, now you see they, they had an understanding of the power that he walked in for them to send 600 Roman soldiers. And yet Jesus said these words. He said, if I wanted to, I can, I can get 12 legions of angels here. There's 6,000 in a legion. So really what Jesus was saying, if I wanted to, I could get 72,000 angels here. Quicker than I can, a man can snap his finger. And, and people don't understand the significance of that. But I'm going to get it. I'll get into it Sunday morning. You don't want to miss. But people don't understand the significance of that. I'll give you a little insight. Do you, do you know what one angel can do? The Bible says in the Old Testament that just one angel slew 185,000 men. If one angel can slay 185,000 men, just think what 72,000 could do. Matter of fact, I added it up. It's over 13 billion. There's only 7 billion on the planet. And my point is this. Jesus said, I I can get 12 legions of angels here. But here's the point. The problem with the church is they really don't know who backs them. If you really understood who was with you and who backed you, you would fear absolutely nothing. I'm I'm about ready to take off running. I'm about ready to swing from this, this, this fan right here, I tell you. <laughs> Do you understand who's with you and who backs you? Oh, hallelujah. Do you understand who's with you and who backs you? That's why when the Lord speaks to you and tells you to do something that's beyond your ability to even imagine why, just do it. Hey, listen, here, here's my motto. If I'm going to go down, I'd rather go down on the Titanic than some canoe. I mean, if you're going to go down, go down big. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you know where really faith, you don't want to know what faith really is? Here's what faith is. Faith is getting you out there, getting yourself out there so far that if God doesn't come to your rescue, it's over. You're finished. That's the most exciting. I cannot tell you, my wife and I, how we've lived that way for all these years. Actually, when I'm not living that way, I feel backslid. No, I'm, I, I, I'm serious. I, I, I've, I love it. I love getting myself out there so far that it's beyond my natural ability to repair anything <laughs> or to come to my own rescue. My wife and I, we had here here a couple years ago, we we had a flood in our house. Thank God we just happened to be home. We had a flood in our house. Long story. And so the the insurance gave us, the insurance gave us, uh, I think it was like $5,000 that we had to give to the people that the insurance was coming to repair the house. I had to take up all the carpet and replace all the floors and all that stuff. 
I mean, we got new floors and everything in the house. But they would not, they would not even start working on it in, until I gave them the $5,000 that the insurance company gave to me. And we're sitting in a meeting, and I have the $5,000 in the account. I mean, it's like Friday night. They're coming on, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. And I just looked at the, my wife and I said, let's sew it. <laughs> now, I'm not telling you to do what I do. And we sold it. But, I could, but, it, but you know what happened? We sold that fire. Now, I, I needed it. That was like Friday, Friday night. I think it was, was Friday, honey, or Sunday. I can't even remember. But just in a few days, we needed that money. Or they would not work on the house. We did. I just, and I'm not going to even tell you that the Lord told me to do it. I just wanted to. I just wanted to. Because I'm in a service. The presence of the Lord was there. And I just, I wanted to love on him. Do you know what I mean by that? I wanted to love on him. And it's one thing for me. I'm just talking about me now. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm just talking about me. It's one thing for me to say, Lord, I love you, I love you, I love you. And we should. But it's a whole other thing for me to show him. You know what I'm talking about? And I just wanted to show him. I just wanted to show him, and I sold that. I think my wife's never, 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 most of the times never fought me. No, really, because she's just as radical. I mean, my wife, I cannot, she's always giving away diamond rings and stuff that people, I just, anyway. But, but it's, it becomes a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Come on, it's a lifestyle. And all I'm going to tell you supernaturally, Supernaturally, <laughs> come Tuesday, not only did we have the money, the, the $5,000 to give to the workers, but we had double that. No, I just, that, but I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not saying for you to do anything crazy tonight. I, I'm just telling you about me. I'm just telling you that I, my wife and I love to get ourselves out there to where we have to trust God. And I think that's where God wants us to live. Yes. Amen? Amen. Yes, and now listen, don't leave here. I'm not telling you to give your rent money. I'm not telling you to give your mortgage money or your car payment. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, I just, we like to get ourselves out there so far. But you know, there's such a rest. There's such a... There, see, understand, in God there's a rest. I've, I've, I've met people, they're, 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 they're striving and they're struggling and they're pushing and they're forcing. Now understand something. In God, there's a rest. There's always a rest in God. Yes. Amen. 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 And, I mean, even, even, I even tell you this, is this naturally. And turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. I was in the shower tonight and the Lord spoke this to me. Second Kings chapter four. I um I had um but but I, I do that, my wife and I, I. I just I love to it's like I told you last night when, when the Lord told me just sew my alabaster box. Listen, 
Do you know, I, as I was going, leaving, from my, leaving the service, do you know what I was rejo- I was rejoicing over the fact that I didn't argue or fight with the Lord. I so wanted, listen, I so wanted to obey Him and please Him. And I can't tell you that it's always been that way. Because I can tell you, I have fought Him. I'd like to say, oh, I've just always yielded. I've fought Him many times. I'm just being honest with you. I have fought Him many times. And even a few times I've disobeyed. <laughs> I'm serious. But I've always known when I disobey. You know, you know when you disobey. No, I mean, even when it comes, have you even, even being at a restaurant or being at a grocery store and you see somebody and the Lord just nudge your spirit, go, go, go witness to her. And you don't do it. And then you leave or see them leave. And you just, you, you know, you just, oh, you feel horrible. You, you, know, you know why? Because you know you just missed it. Hello. Why would it happen? You didn't obey. We've all done it. <laughs> but when, when the Lord told me to, 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 to sow it and I didn't fight I just, oh, Father, anything for you. That blessed me more than anything. And, and, and we have to love on him. And, I, and I, I always want to show him how much I love him. I do. I, I always want to show him how much I love him. But I'll tell you something else. You know, the Bible says honor your parents. You know, I didn't have to spank my daughter much a couple of times. And I know we're in the Northwest where, you know, that's a bad word, but... The fact of the matter is, you should discipline your kids. The Bible says if you don't, then you don't love them. And I, 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 the few times that I had to spank my daughter, I would always ask, I'd always quote scripture to her. I would always say to her, Sarah, do you want to live long? Do you want to live long in this world? Do you want to live, have a long life? Well, the Bible says you've got to honor your parents. I'm going to have to discipline you. And I, um, here a few years ago, my dad left when I was seven. Anybody come from a divorced home? A few of us. My dad left when I was seven. And, 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 and matter of fact, I, I, if, and that's just how the enemy works. And I'll be honest with you, if my dad, if my dad would, have, would have, my dad had an affair, actually had an affair with my aunt. My, my aunt became my stepmom. My cousin became my half-brother. Uh, that's a Kentucky thing. Don't try to figure it out. And <laughs> it's a hillbilly thing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, so my dad, and listen, and if he would have just stayed in my life, there's a whole lot of things that, that, that I wouldn't have got into. And, um, and then when I was 12, my stepfather came into my life, 11, 12, and I didn't like him. I didn't like him. I, I, actually, to be honest with you, I was embarrassed that he was even a part of my family. He embarrassed me because he was sort of awkward. And he embarrassed me. I didn't want to be with him, seen with him. Matter of fact, my, they, my parents would go off, well, my, my mom and my stepfather and my sister would go off on vacation. I, I, I cannot tell you, I don't think I ever went on vacation with him. I didn't want to, didn't, I didn't, didn't want to be, I didn't want to go. And I didn't like him at all. And, 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 and I, but I was just a punk kid. I was a rebellious, full of the devil, punk kid that needed a man in my life to knock the crap out of me. 
but he wasn't there. And so I became so rebellious, locked up, in jail, selling drugs, alcohol. I mean, I kind of don't even want to get into it because I'm redeemed. Amen. I'm redeemed. Right. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I even, I, 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 even at, I think I was 15, 16, I even robbed a, well, it doesn't matter. I'm redeemed. Hallelujah. I'm the redeemed of the glory to God. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. And so, but I got saved. And then up a few years ago, and then, of course, everything changed. I fell in love with my stepfather. And my stepfather has been a better father to me than my dad, than my real father. And I got a good, I got a great relationship with my real dad now. But it's only because I worked at it. And I've led him to the Lord, and we talk all the time. But I'm sitting here a couple years ago, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking about my stepfather's name's Ronnie. How he came, how my, I'm just thinking, I'm, I start thanking the Lord because God brought him in my life. I couldn't see it. I'm, now I'm older, I obviously see it. And then I started feeling, I started feeling horrible about how I treated him. I even called him up and told him, I just want you to know I'm so grateful for you and I'm so thankful for you for coming into my life. But you know when I did that? That it seems like it wasn't enough. So I remember thinking to myself, and I said to my wife, I want to honor him somehow. And when I, was, I would tell him how I love him and how grateful I am, that was good, but it wasn't enough. I wanted to show him. I wanted to show him how grateful I was. And I'm thinking, what can I do? I mean, do I want to buy him a car? Or what can I do? And I remember, actually, I remember one time I'm in church. I'm, I'm, I'm in my service, and I used to have, I used to have this beautiful Rolex watch. And it was it was, it was a real one. It wasn't fake. It was a real one. And my wife would tell you, I don't wear anything fake. I don't like fake stuff. She wears fake stuff, but I don't wear fake stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just my background because I, I grew up poor. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, I grew up so poor that, that the roaches came to our house to go on a fast. I mean, I grew up poor. <laughs> I mean, I grew up poor. I mean, my family, my, my mom and sister, I mean, we used to go to other people's homes. To, anyway, it doesn't matter. And I grew up poor. So I, I just, something I just refused to go back to. And so I had this Rolex watch. And when I looked at the time, it hit me. Give me my watch. It was a beautiful Rolex watch. So you know what I did? I thought, that's it. That's how I can honor him and show him. So I remember it was, it was around Christmas time. I went home. I got it in the box. I mean, the box that the Rolex comes in is worth a few hundred bucks. So I remember I got the papers on it, and I put it in the box. I went and had it cleaned. And I put it, and I sent it. We wasn't able to go home for Christmas that year. And I sent it to him. Do you know, my mom called me on Christmas Day, and he's crying. I don't know if i ever seen him cry, but he's crying. He's crying because he loves watches. Now, he loves watches, but he's always had little, you know, Timexes. Nothing wrong with a Timex, but he wears Timex. But there is a difference between a Rolex and a Timex. No condemnation if you wear a Timex. No condemnation at all. I'm just saying there's a difference. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and he cut on the phone. He could hardly even talk. And my mom called me a couple weeks later. She said, she said, Ricky, honey, you know, you know believe, believe what, what Ronnie's doing. I said, what, mom? She said, We're, then I go to a Baptist church. They're, they're Southern Baptists. And uh, thank God for the Baptists. Amen? They're Southern Baptists. And, and they, he's an elder in the church. And they sit, they sit up front. He said, she said, you never, what do you believe what he's been doing since you gave him that watch, honey? I said, well, Mom, what's he doing? She said, well, just like what happened in church today. Well, what happened in church, Mom? She says, he never puts his arm around me. But she said, I noticed we're in church listening to the sermon. And your stepfather, I watched him. He does like this. He raises up his sleeve and puts his arm around me so that everybody behind him can see the Rolex watch. <laughs> and she said, he just loves to show it off. And I see him all the time now. He's always doing this. <laughs> but you know what? And he still has that watch to, to this day. But you, do, you know what? do you know what that blessed me? But I, I, why did I do it? I did it because I wanted to honor him. But you know the you know do you know the Bible says in, in Chronicles, you know the Bible says, God said, if you honor me, he said, I'll honor you. And many Christians have never really even tapped into that. They don't even know what that means. If you honor him, he'll honor you. Let me say it to you this way. Have you found Second Kings chapter four? Tonight I want to dish, I, this dropped in my spirit as I was in the shower. Make room for more. Make room for more. Second Kings chapter 4. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm making room for more. Second Kings chapter 4. It's page 440. Verse 8. <clears throat> One day Elisha passed through Shunem. And a notable, everybody say notable. Actually, the, the Amplified, if you have Amplified Bible, says, says rich or wealthy woman, was there who urged him to eat a meal. So here's Elisha. Elisha would, I'm going to show you something tonight, that Elisha would pass through Shunem on a regular basis. Elisha would pass through Shunem, and he would constantly come to this lady's house. Obviously, obviously she was a woman of influence. Bible says a notable woman or a wealthy woman. Rich and wealthy woman. She was a woman of influence. And obviously she was a good cook. You know, I don't know. Uh, listen, I think, I, was, I think Elisha was a lot like me. I, I'll be honest with you. When I, my wife would tell you, and I, I'm the type of person, when I find something I love, I will wear it out. I will do it every day. I, that's just my nature. When I find, I'll do it every day. And when I find a restaurant that I like, I will go there, huh? Yeah, I will go there every single day. There was a time in my life when my daughter was on the road with us, because my daughter used to travel with us. 
I feel so, I'm like, oh, what did I do to my daughter? Do you know what? There was a time in my life I had to always, I had to find a Cracker Barrel. I just loved, I can't, I don't go there no more, but, but there was a time I'd go to Cracker Barrel every single day. So much so that I so wore it out that my daughter this day can't stand Cracker Barrel. <laughs> and, but I would go, you know what I'm talking about, Cracker Barrel? Come on. I mean, uh, listen, I grew up in Kentucky, all right? Listen, I grew, I grew up, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. My favorite meal, uh, if, if I had just one last meal before I died, it'd be biscuits and gravy. I love, I mean, I love, it is my, now I don't eat that way anymore. <laughs> but I could be tempted. <laughs> I love I, I I love biscuits and gravy. That is my favorite. I grew up on it. I I, I mean I just uh, I'd go over to my grandma every weekend. She'd have me biscuits and gravy. When I would come home, even Mary, I remember I I got I remember I said to my my grandma. I called her memo. I remember I said to my memo when I was getting married. I want you. My, I said, memo, I'm marrying a Yankee. And she don't know about biscuits and gravy. I want you to teach her how to make biscuits and gravy. <laughs> she didn't she, hon? She made awesome biscuits and gravy. I mean, she'd always have them for me. I mean, do you know what I mean? I mean, you, you're from Iowa. I knew you, you probably had biscuits and gravy a lot, didn't you? No? No, oh, just corn, probably. A lot. <laughs> Meat and potatoes. I mean... Biscuits and gravy. I, I mean, listen, my, my, and she made them from scratch. Anybody make biscuits from scratch? You didn't make biscuits from I, I mean, she'd make biscuits from scratch. She'd put them in the oven. And I remember, listen, she'd bring them out of the oven and there's just steam coming on them. And I remember just open the biscuit up and all the steam come. And then you had to take a big old clunk of real butter. No margarine. No fake. I don't wear. I don't. You know, nothing fake in my life. I take a big old thing of butter, and just put it on that biscuit, put it on both sides, and just watch it just melt and just go all over it. You know what I mean? Then you take. Then then you take a big old scoop of gravy, and you just flop it all. I mean. If you're going to put, don't don't show any. No biscuit should be showing. It should be covered in gravy. Hello? I mean, just drown them in gravy. Then you got to put a lot of pepper. Oh, you getting hungry tonight? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, man, in my grandmother's gravy. Oh, listen. I, I'm convinced if my grandmother, if she would take some gravy and she just stuck it on top of my head, my tongue, I'd slap myself silly just to get to it. I mean, it's, I mean, it's just good stuff. Maybe it's a southern thing, but oh, biscuits and gravy in the morning and then beans and cornbread at night. You know what I mean? Then have put a big old ham hock in there. Then if you wanted a snack before bed, just get you a glass of milk and take some cornbread and crumble up the cornbread in the milk. Some people like to use buttermilk. And I'm, I'm educating you all tonight on food. I can tell. <laughs> That's just I grew up with that. But I love, I love. So when I find a restaurant, man, I find it's like 
I don't eat that. I like Chick-fil-A. I could go there every day. There's a Chick-fil-A here? I mean, I don't go there no more, but fine. Just Chick-fil-A. I remember there was a time when I used to go to California. I always had to go to In-N-Out. <laughs> and Elisha was like this. Because the Bible says Elisha came to this woman continuously. I guarantee you she was a good cook. Listen to what it says here. <laughs> well, look at verse 8. He says, And it fell uh, uh, on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he, or often, as on regular, as he passed by, because he came, obviously he came by regular, the Bible says so, he turned in thither to eat bread. So he came by this woman's house on a regular basis. But I want you to know something began to happen. Let's say it to you this way. The anointing of God came by on a regular basis to this woman's house. The anointing of God came by. And something happened. I can, t- I can promise you that as, as the man of God. Now listen, this is Elisha. Elisha had a double portion. He received a double portion. Elijah, the anointing that was on him, the spirit that was on him. The Bible says that Elisha received a double portion. Why did Elisha get a double portion? Because Elisha went after it. Elisha made room for the anointing of God in his life and he went after it. And when you make room for God, God will make room for you. When you make room for the anointing of God, the anointing of God will make room for you. It is a spiritual law. And Elisha, listen, and Elisha would come by, the anointing of God would come by this woman's house on a regular basis. And as as, as, as Elisha would come by, I guarantee you, he began to talk about the things of God. I guarantee you, he began to talk about the miracle he had in the city he just came from. And it began to create a hunger. Listen, it began to create a hunger in this woman and she couldn't handle it anymore. So this woman made room for the anointing and you'll see in a moment because she made room for the anointing of God. God made room, the anointing made room for her. When you make room for God, when you make room for the things of God, then the things of God always makes room for you. That's why don't don't take it lightly that you came here tonight. Listen, it does not go unnoticed with God that you are here tonight. When you make room for God, God always makes room for you. When you give yourself to the Father, you receive that which comes from Him. I remember, I remember my, my, my mentor, Dr. Kenneth E. Hagen, and, and listen, and, and I, 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 listen, he's an, he's an incredible, he's an incredible man of God, but he was a man. Hello, he was a man. And I thank God for him. I, 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 listen, I'm not ashamed to tell you, I'm here today because of Dr. Kenneth e. Hagen and Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. That's, I'm here today. 
And you know what? And to be, and to be honest with you, and, and, and because of my wife. Because when I went after, when I was making room for God in my life, when I was making room for the anointing in my life, listen, I traveled all over this country crying out to God. And my wife never one time complained or, well, I don't want to do this. And, you know, you know <laughs> there's, there's nothing worse than a, a nagging spouse. And listen, and, and, and a lot of times it's the husband. But she never one time nagged. She never one time said, I don't want to do this. I, she never one time said to me, I didn't marry for this. Hello, that's important. That's why I tell Bible school students all the time, don't, don't, don't be in a hurry. Because here's the thing, if you get the wrong one, you know, you can still run the race, but you just won't go as fast, you won't go as far. It's important to have the right one that's not going to complain and not going to nag. Hello, she never did because she was just as hungry as I was. She she was cried out for the Lord herself. And I go all over this country in the little 1988 Ford Temple crying out to God. So hungry and so desperate and I kept reminding God of His Word. That's why I said to you, I think it was last night or the night before, Job 36, 11, the Bible says that if you serve Him and obey Him, you'll spend your days in prosperity and in years in pleasure. And if you're obeying God and you're serving Him, but you're not spending your days in prosperity and you're not spending your years in pleasure, then you need to go before God and you need to have a big conversation with Him and tell Him, look, you're doing your part. He's got to do His. God wants us to put Him in remembrance. God wants us to put ourselves in remembrance of Him. God wants to converse with you. Come on, God wants you. Plead your case. Hezekiah pleaded his case and God added 15 years to his life. Amen? And I, I remember... See this, but this is this. I'm going to show you when you make room for the anointing. The anointing will make room for you, because here's the reality: every single one of you can. When it comes to the anointing, you can have any anointing you want. It just comes down to: Are you willing to pay the price for it? And you look at these great men and women, and you study their life. They pray. You look at just look at Catherine Coleman. I've watched, listen, I, I've never, I never was, I was never in any, anybody here was ever in her meetings? Anybody here? Oh, a couple of you. Three, three of you. I was never in her meetings, but I watch her all the time. I, I thank God for, you know what? There are some good things about social media. I go on YouTube and watch her. I mean, I've watched her. I used to have a reel to reel, and I used to watch Jack Cole, and I used to watch A. E. Allen. My pastor was best friends with A. E. Allen. I mean, sorry. Uh, William Brandon because he lived right across the river 20 minutes from my pastor and, 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 and he told all kinds of supernatural things he just walked that way he lived in the supernatural he walked in the supernatural do you know that's how God intended for us to live God intended for us to live the supernatural life and I remember I remember one time I'm listening to Dr. Kenneth e. Hagen, and he began to tell the story how the, 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 the anointing that was on Wigglesworth came into his life. 
But understand, God never does anything around our comfort. It's, and I've said this all, a lot this week. He does it around our sacrifice. And, and he told the story. Pat, you, you, you worked with him for, what, 11, 12 years? I'm sure you've heard the story. And he t- heard him tell the story that he so loved Smith Wigglesworth, who was a mighty man of God, raised 26 people from the dead that we know of. And he said he loved his book, Ever Increasing Faith, which was the only book he wrote, but really he didn't even write it. It was a lady that traveled, went, went around to some of his meetings, and she took shorthand and word for word his sermons, put it in a book. But Kenneth Hagin said this. He said he loved the book so much that he went through, think about, think about how many times, think about the, the hunger that come from him. Think about the desperation. Think about the love. He loved that book so much that he wore out four hardback copies. Not paperback copies. Hardback copies. And he said one afternoon, he sat down and he said he, let's see, he, said he could have quoted it word for word, the book. He read it that many times. But he said he sat down one afternoon and read the book again. And he said he got up, wasn't thinking about anything. He got up, and as he was walking, I remember if he was walking to his room or walking in the kitchen, as he said, as he got up and he went to walk wherever he was walking, he said all of a sudden, he said something came from heaven, hit him. Hit him so hard, he jumped in the air. He said he knew that day that there was a transference of the anointing that was upon Wigglesworth came into his life. What happened? He made room for it. But think about the Think about the death. Think about how many times he must have read to go through four hardback copies. I'm very good friends with Frank Summerall, which is Lester Summerall's oldest son. And matter of fact, I've been to his church when he had a church. He's, he's come with me on the road. And I've had many talks with him about his dad. He was, the, he was the eldest. And I had many talks about to him about Lester, his dad. And I said to him, I said, you know, your dad used to tell the story. And is, it, is it correct? And I told him the story. He said, absolutely. And then, matter of fact, he added some things to it. But, you know, Lester Summerall was so hungry for God, so hungry to, to operate in the supernatural. That he followed after for a while after a man by the name of Howard Carter. Then he was in in England and he would go to Smith Wigglesworth meetings. And he was a very radical man. Smith Wigglesworth was very radical. Very radical. Actually, it's amazing the people that that mention him in their church today. But yet those same people would ever invite him in in their church today if he was around. Because he was radical. I was in Scotland one time, and the pastor said to me, there's a man here, he's very elderly. He said, there's a man here that used to be in Wigglesworth meetings. I said, are you kidding me? So I said, I want to talk to him afterwards. And so afterwards, I went and went and had tea, was in Scotland after the service, and I asked him questions. I said to him, I said, did you ever see Wigglesworth? I said, you knew Wigglesworth? He said, when I was a boy, he used to come to our church all the time. I said, I said sir, let me ask you a question. I've heard Wigglesworth punch people. Did you ever see him punch anybody? You know what he said to me? He said, almost every time he came to church, he'd punch somebody. 
Very radical. Very radical. Very radical. He said, but they always get healed. And so I asked Frank Sumrall, and I began to ask him some things. And Lester Sumrall began to go to Wigglesworth's meetings. And he heard Wigglesworth, he was teaching in a Bible school or cemetery, or seminary, she's <laughs> seminary. <laughs> Most of them become cemeteries, but seminary. And <laughs> um, I, actually, there's people graduating semin- seminaries today that I, I just saw a statistic of this with certain seminary. I'm not going to tell you which one it is, but it's a certain seminary that, that 24% of the people graduating don't even believe in hell. And it's almost about that number that don't even believe in salvation through the blood. And so, but he was at a Bible school and he heard Smith Wigglesworth get up and, and invite the Bible school students to his house. Just think if dad would have got up and invited the students to his house. I promise you, I'd have camped out at his door. That's just, I'm just that way. And he would invite, look, Wigglesworth would invite Bible school students to his house. And Lester Summerall said, I'm going to take him up on it. <clears throat> and Lester Summerall said, what, 19-year-old boy came to Wigglesworth's house, opened up the gate, came through the gate, shut the gate behind him, walked up the stairs, knocked on the door. Wigglesworth opened the door, and first thing he asked him, he said to him, What is that underneath your arm? And startled him. He looked and he had a newspaper. And he said, sir, it's a newspaper. I've I've talked to Frank about all this and asked him. Everything I'm saying to you is totally 100% correct. And Lester said, sir, it startled him. Sir, it's a newspaper. And Wigglesworth shouted at him. He said, get it out now. Get it. I don't allow lies in my house. And he threw it away in the bushes. And he came in. He came in. Think about it. He came in and he said, come fellowship with me. And set, it, set him down in a chair across from me, opened up his Bible, read his Bible for an hour out loud. Then he prayed in tongues out loud for an hour. Then he said to him, he said, thank you for coming and fellowshipping with me today. Come back. And Lester Sermon began to come back almost daily. You know what Lester Sermon said? Lester Sermon said, I never one time ate a hot meal. He said, he said his, his daughter lived with him. His daughter would serve food. And he said, we'd sit down to eat. And Wigglesworth, he would pray over the food. Sometimes he'd open up and read the, book of, read the whole book of Ephesians. Then they'd eat. Or he'd pray in tongues for a half hour. He said, every meal I had was cold. <laughs> but you know what? The war happened. And the government was making him leave. So he goes over to Wigglesworth's house and said to him, look, I, I don't want to leave, but, the, but with the war and everything, they're making me leave. Do you know he said Wigglesworth began to, you know, he did, he cried. Do you know, do you know, you know Wigglesworth actually died a lonely man? It's amazing these people that God's used mightily and they die lonely. Because everybody thinks, oh, they got to have everybody around them. But when everybody thinks that, then nobody wants to bother them because they got to have everybody around them. I was playing golf one day with my, with my pastor who became very close. He became very close to Oral Roberts. 
Very close. And, and knew, known him for, I mean, well, matter of fact, when he met him, I met him. In 93, they stayed close throughout the years. And I'm playing. We're playing golf one day, and he looks down, and 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 um, he, he just man, I just feel like I need to do this. So we're playing golf, and he just calls Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts was an awesome man of God, a mighty man of God. He was a mighty man of God, and he called Oral Roberts, and they they talked for a little bit. We just sat there in the cart and they let people through. He hung up the phone. He said, Oral Roberts will start crying. I said, what was he crying about? You know what he said to me? He said What Oral said to, to my pastor? He said, oh, thank you for calling me. Thank you. Thank you. He said, you're the first person that's called me in two weeks. Actually died lonely. But see, when everybody thinks because they, they're, they're the Oral Roberts, He must have. Be, he must have everybody calling every day. I don't want to bug him, but when everybody thinks that, then nobody calls. And Smith Wilkesworth said, "He said, for, for, for the three months that I would go over to uh, Lester said the three months that I would go over to Wilkesworth's house, he said not one visitor did he have one visitor, not one. And Wilkesworth used to invite." Bible school students to come to his house. Think about what some of them Bible school students could have got spiritually. But when you don't make room for it, it doesn't happen. When you don't go after it, it doesn't happen. When you don't desire the gifts, they don't operate. When you don't seek God, you don't find Him. When you don't draw near to him, he doesn't draw near. He said in three months, he never had a visitor. Actually died lonely. And so when Lester said to him, and I've talked about Frank, I talked to Frank, his eldest son, about this. When, because we're close, when he had to leave, Wilgersworth started crying. You know what Smith did? Wilgersworth did? He got up and began to pray for him. And as he began to pray, listen, as he began to pray for him, he began to prophesy about the coming revival. He said it would be the last revival. And he said, I, he was a tall, because he was tall, Lester was about my height. He's a short man, or 5'8", or I think it was. Anyway, Wigglesworth was a tall, big guy. He said, as, as Wigglesworth began to pray for me, and as he began to prophesy, he said, I felt the tears running down his cheek and falling onto my forehead. And he began to prophesy about the coming revival. And then he said this. He said, and Father, let that which you've given me come to this young man. And he prayed for him and hugged him. Think about all the other Bible school students that could have had something. And he know what he said? He said, I walked out. He said, I left. Shut the, walked out the door, shut the door behind me, never saw him again. He said, I walked down the stairs, walked down the sidewalk, opened the gate, walked out the gate, shut the gate behind me, turned, and as I was walking down the sidewalk, he said, all of a sudden, same thing Dr. Kenneth Hagin said. He said, all of a sudden, something came and hit me, and I jumped in the air like that. He said, I knew at that moment, 
that the very anointing that Wigglesworth just asked God to give him that was on him was imparted to that young man, to, to Lester Sermon at 19 years old. See, when you make room for God, God will make room for you. When you make room for the things of God, when you make room for the anointing of God, the anointing of God always makes room for you. And this woman, you'll see here, that this woman made room for the anointing. Because here's Elisha, and I promise you, Elisha began to talk about God and began to talk about the Father, began to talk about Jehovah, and it created a hunger in her. It created a hunger in her, so much so that she couldn't take it anymore. She comes to her husband and she says to her husband, look, in verse 9, And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passeth by us continually. He came by on a regular basis. And she said unto her husband, the anointing of God comes by here constantly. I want what he's got. I want what he has. And then she says to her husband in verse 10, she says, let us make a little chamber or an upper room. I pray thee on the wall and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick and it shall be that when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. Or when he comes by, he comes to our house and no place else. And I promise you, you, you begin to study this. This wasn't just, listen, they spent some money on this. They, they add an addition to their home. And they put the best of the best, the finest in there. I mean, they made, they made it a five-star place. That when Elijah, that if he was ever close, it was so not that he'd want to come and stay there. This was his place. This was his chamber. This was his addition. And guess what? It didn't just magically appear. They had to do something. They had to sacrifice. They had to get into their pocket and they had to spend some money. Hello? They had to spend some money to add an, an addition. They had to spend the money for the chair. They had to spend the money for the bed. They had to spend the money for the lampstand. They had to spend the money. They had to spend the money, honey. They had to spend the money. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Money, honey, green jean, dojo, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> they had to spend the money. But yet you hear people in the body of Christ today, well, if the Lord wanted me to have that, it would just happen. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's not how God operates. Absolutely not. So she says... Let us make a chamber. So in verse 11, And it fell on that day that he came thither. I want to show you what he began to do. And he turned into the chamber and he lay there. Now here's the man of God. Here's the anointing of God. The anointing of God comes into her home. The prophet of God who has a double portion of that which was on Elijah. Now it's in his life. And, and he... He's laying in the bed 
that they spent the money to add an addition onto their home. And now the anointing of God, the man of God is laying there. The very thing that she desired is now manifested. The very thing she desired is now manifested. See, understand, God wants us to pursue Him. I'm going to read you, I'm going to read you some quotes by great men of God who have, in their lifetime, who have had encounters with God. That's why, listen, that's why, listen, Grab a hold. Listen to me. Grab a hold. Take advantage of what's at our fingertip. Listen, did you realize some of the stuff that you can watch on YouTube? Do you, do you realize that you can go on YouTube and you can tune in Catherine Kuhlman? Listen, Catherine Kuhlman was in a... Listen, Catherine Kuhlman got more people healed on accident than preachers today do on purpose. I mean, she was a mighty woman. And I turn, there's this one film that I watch. You, it's impossible. Just turn it on. I mean, cause you can, listen, you can capture the anointing. Just like, just like the anointing can be captured in, captured in cloth. You can capture the anointing on, on, on CD. You can capture the anointing on TV, on DVD. You can capture it. I remember one time on one of my CDs, I don't have it with me tonight, but on one of our CDs, I remember I wanted to watch it. I was in my office. I'd put on my own CD watching myself. I tell you, the power of God hit me. I got drunk. I almost fell out of my own chair. I got so drunk in the Holy Ghost watching me. Not because, not because of me. I mean, I'm hard on myself, but because of the, 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 the anointing was captured on it. You can capture. I could pull, pull. tonight it's on it's on it's on youtube i can pull up tonight one when i was at benny Hinn's church in orlando florida with my my dear friend and when i got up to testify (laughs) see i gotta be careful as i begin to well, they had to carry me off the platform. But it's captured. You can go actually tune it on, tune it, tune it in, or I don't, am I even making sense? You can, yeah, you can go watch. You've watched it. You can go watch, and it, that anointing is captured. Maybe I might even play it. Not tonight, but maybe tomorrow. I could, because tomorrow night, you don't want to miss. And, uh, Hallelujah. I don't even know where I was going anymore. So you can capture it. Whew. Hallelujah. My, my, my. <laughs> It'd be so easy right now just to, 
to just to step over. But oh, rangel evre bosus to kalavra manje evre bosus tai. Ha. And I've watched, I've watched Catherine Coleman so much because I just, I, 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 I just, hallelujah, help me, Father. I desire, I, I, listen, you're looking at a hungry, you're, you're, listen, I'll be honest with you, you're looking at a hungry man with a whole lot of flaws. But I'm hungry for God. I'm so hungry for God. And I've had, I've had people tell me, well, you shouldn't, because, listen, I, I'm just the type of person, I just lay it all out there. I, I, I talk about myself, I reveal myself. I've had people, many people, you shouldn't talk so much about yourself because it makes yourself vulnerable. You shouldn't share something. No, no, I mean, why? I just, I'm like you. Don't try to make, it's so, it's a, listen, people try, trust me, people try to put you in their box. People want to make you like them. I, 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 had a, I, I had a guy say, look, when you go to churches, don't give them everything so they invite you back. What? What do you mean, don't give them everything? Do you know what my motto is? I come in and give everything. I come in as though I'm never going to be invited back. Because I'm not holding anything back. No, I'm not holding anything back. Then what, what kind of... Why? Don't give them everything you know so they invite you. But what? (laughs) I'm not repeating that. (laughs) Are you kidding me? But it's the same people that say, well, fake it till you make it. What? Fake what? Fake it till you make it. Do you know they teach it? Well, okay. Stay on track, Richard. (laughs) Stay on track. Be a good evangelist. (laughs) Fake it till you make it. Seriously. That means means you're going to portray yourself to be something you're not. And you're a fake. And you're a phony. You're very plastic. What you see is what you get. I promise you, the way I am in church is the way I'm outside. I, I like to have fun. I like to have a good time. I like to pick on people. I can be sarcastic. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I, for two nights, I, I picked on your pastor's shirt. I mean... <laughs> Problem was, he had the same one. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, but we don't talk about me. We're talking about you. <laughs> yeah, I did. I had the same one. <laughs> oh, yeah. You notice I didn't say anything about Pastor Dawn. Because I learned. I didn't want to get him get smacked. I mean, I learned. <laughs> What's that? Oh, the skillets underneath the seat. <laughs> Every king needs a crown, right? <laughs> you mean don't, don't give them everything? But, but I, yeah, listen, I have watched my wife and I have watched Catherine Coleman's. I can I can imitate her, and she was very dramatic. No, I mean she was very. People, I tell you, 
There's anointing in this house, people, I tell you. The Holy Ghost is here. Shh, no baby's crying. The Holy Ghost is here. People, I can tell you. I can tell you the day. I can tell you the hour. I can tell you the moment. That Catherine Coleman died. Oh, she was a mighty woman. She was a mighty woman. Mighty woman. Many flaws. Divorced a couple of times. Many flaws. But that just goes to show God don't hold our past to us. And some people can't get over the past, and that's your problem. You need to get over your stinking past because God's forgotten. He's cleaned you up. Come on. That's right. Amen. Lord. <laughs> I feel it. I'm doing everything I can tonight just to even. And it fell on that, and it fell, and it, uh, oh. <laughs> oh my God, it's hard enough to read King James, it's even worse when you're drunk, my goodness. <laughs> well, let's just put it that way, let's walk this way, or whatever way. <laughs> The day come, okay? The day come when... <laughs> okay, oh, I'll just drink by myself. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you feel what I feel? <laughs> Okay, maybe not. Uh, oh. 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 Help me. It's, it's caught. It's caught on my cufflink. Oh. It was caught on my cufflink. Thank you. Woo. Uh, what's that talking about? Woman. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he came to the. What was I going to say about it? <laughs> she got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. I'm, uh. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I was going to read a quote, wasn't I? <laughs> Have you ever heard of Tozer? W A or whatever? A W. Not A W, root beer. But A.W. Tozer. <laughs> Listen, here's what he said. I love, he's one of my favorites. 
He said, there will be no... <laughs> he said this. Are you ready? Are you listening? He says, there? <laughs> Hold on. Okay, there we go. Wow. It's amazing what, what eyes can do. He says, there... <laughs> He says, okay, there. There will be no manifestation of God to his people apart from earnest seeking. In Proverbs chapter... 18 from eight, 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 Proverbs 18 from the passion, 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 passion translation. He says, or, or the passion translation, the spiritually hungry, okay, the spiritually hungry are always ready to learn more, for their hearts are eager to discover new truths. Proverbs 18. So this uh, Tozer also said, "Why should we have? Why should we have a lesser fire than they had on the day of Pentecost?" God honors the heart that seeks Him. Only those that desire Him will seek Him. Every move of God came as a result of a deep desire in a man to know God. <clears throat> the hungry one. Pursued him. <laughs> because there was a greater desire in the heart of the individual to know him. Christian, this is powerful, listen. Christianity has not shaken the world by men and women who knew about God. And could quote lots of scripture. Christianity has shaken the world by men and women who knew God. Men and women who went on a quest and sought Him with all their heart. Which resulted in a face-to-face meeting with Him. The world is not looking for more knowledge. The world is looking for the church who have touched God. And God has touched them. And one last thing. He said this, or this is not Tozer, this is, have you ever heard of a man by the name of A.W. Pink? He's a powerful man. A.W. Pink said this, he said, The Bible is no lazy man's book. Much of its treasure, like the valuable minerals stored in the bowels of the earth, only yield up themselves to the diligent seeker. God wants us to come after him. God wants us to make room for Him. When you make room for the anointing of God, the anointing of God makes room for you. And when you make, listen to me, and when you make room for the anointing of God, listen to me, you make room for more than enough. You make room for the supernatural. You make room for the, your, your, your eye hasn't seen. Come on, your heart hasn't, your ear hasn't heard. It hasn't even entered into your heart the things that God has in store for those who what? Who love Him. 
Do you realize that God has huge and big things for every single one of us? But they only come, listen, they're only granted to the seeker. The things of God are only granted to the seeker. The things of God, the deep things of God, the anointings of God, the equipment of God, the impartations of God, the special anointings of God are only available to the seeker. And when you make room for the anointing, you make room for the supernatural. When you make room for the anointing, you make room for supernatural, unprecedented favor that follows you everywhere you go. I'm talking about the favor of God. There's a lot of some, there's a lot of things money can do, but there's a lot of things money can't do. The reality is, you don't really need more money, you just need favor. Because favor can take you where money will never be able to take you. Favor, fa- favor will open up that church building. Favor will open up that land to buy that, that, listen, that money would never could. Yes. Hallelujah. Money, listen, the favor of God will cause people to hunt you down and to run you down to, bl- to, to bless you. Do you understand, do you understand when you, you, you enter into a, I, I tell you, there was a time, well, even to this day, there was a time a number of years, it was in the, I'm going to just tell you what, 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 what happens. I, my wife and I was in Alaska, in, 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 in Alaska in, in, in the late 90s, and I just received my very first laptop computer. Matter of fact, it was still, it didn't even have windows. It was like, I don't even remember now. It was like a DOS and a, I can't even remember what it was now. You, you remember those days, anybody here? DOS and you had to type it in and the slash and, you, you know, do you remember? Do you remember? You remember that, but you're, you're a techie guy. And, um, and I remember I was in this church in Alaska. There's a couple hundred people there. And the anointing of God hit me. To give. And I remember I started giving. I, I took all of my money and I gave it. All of my money. I just gave it. Then I took off. Then I took off my coat. I took off my suit. A coat, a, uh, I, took, I took off my shoes and I gave them to the pastor. Then I, but it was just, I still had to. Then I took up my coat and gave my suit to the pastor. I'm going to give you my suit. And I took off. My coat, left my pants on, but I took off my coat. I brought my pants to him the next night, but I, I gave him my coat. I, mean, I gave everything, you know, everything. And then I didn't, had nothing else, and I said to my wife, give me, give, give me all the money. She, she's got it all anyway. I said, give me, give me all the money you have. I got it, and I started giving it to people to give, to sow. I went to my worship leader who was working for me at the time. I said, give me everything you got. And I started giving it to people. So, listen, the fire of God fell. They were such an anointing to give. The people started coming and putting their alabaster box upon the altar. There was this one girl, I didn't know it, and she testified the next night. There was this one girl who, who had just graduated Bible school. She just uh, finished her job, got her last paycheck, had like $250 in her pocket. She's sitting in the service. 
She feels like the Lord says to honor him. And she gets up and she comes and she gives him everything she had. She, she just cashed her paycheck. That's the only thing she She gives it to him. But she's going to now, she's going to go throughout the villages, throughout Alaska, preaching the gospel. <clears throat> and she said to me, and she, because she testified afterwards, she said, but I needed, I needed a vehicle, and I'm believing God for a vehicle. But I needed a nice vehicle, because I mean, Alaska's cold. And I'm going to go throughout the village. Alaska's huge. You know how big Alaska is? It's half the size of the United States, of the lower 48. And she says, I'm going to go out all through Alaska evangelizing the villages, and I need a nice vehicle, and I don't have a vehicle. And I'm, I'm, I come to this meeting, and, and I'm leaving next week to go home. I'm going to have to take a bus. She comes up and puts 200, her last paycheck, everything, puts it on the altar. Do you know what happened? As she's walking, this is how the Lord is. As she's walking back to her seat and sits down, a man in the back who just bought a brand new truck sees her, and as he's as she's walking back to her seat, the, he sees her and the Lord speaks to him and says, Give her your truck. And he walks up and comes behind her and drops his keys in her hands and says, the Lord told me to give this to you. Do you, do you understand what happens when you begin to make room for the Lord? You, begin, you step out of the natural. Boom. And you step into the realm of God. And God never intended for us to live outside of that realm. He intended for us to live and to walk and to breathe every moment of our life in that realm. Amen. The realm of God. Yeah. We're the church. Understand something. We are the church of the living God. We are the most powerful, the greatest force on earth. No army can defeat us. Come on. No mindset, no idolatry. Listen, can't defeat the church. Glory to God. But there was still his anointing on me. And I said, Lord, I don't have anything else to give. The Lord said to me, you got a laptop computer in your hotel room. I said, Lord, I just got it and I'm going to write books. <laughs> he said, you've been going to write books for years and still hadn't wrote any books. Give the pastor your laptop computer. <laughs> and here it is, 2020. I still hadn't written them. I got about 20 some of them in my, to write. I just got to get delivered from procrastination and just do it. <laughs> What's what? Just got to get free. I'm, I'm on my way. And I said, okay, okay, Lord, I'll do it. So I went and gave him my laptop computer. When I, I said, Pastor, the Lord told me it's in my hotel room, but the Lord told me to give you my laptop computer. He started crying when I did that. Then his wife started crying. His family started crying. And his wife said, as she's crying, he's been believing God for two years for a computer. He's a real techie guy. But yeah, I mean, his finances were tight. And I gave him a brand new computer. He got so excited that he jumps up, runs around the church. Then he comes to the altar and he grabs. He grabs this. this he grabs a bottle of olive oil about like this. Opens it up. And and drinks the whole thing. He drank the whole thing of olive oil. He was a native. He was a... Uh, but still... Still... 
There's a lot of things I could say about that. <laughs> Trust me, I talked to him the next day about it. Oh, there's a lot of things I could say about him drinking that bottle of oil. <laughs> but he did. But you know what? But you know what happened? I stepped over into a realm. And ever since that day, my wife would tell you, I am con- almost, and I'm not even a techie person. I mean, I could just barely turn my phone on and write notes. I'd ask Steve, where is he? I'd ask Stephen just last night or the night before. I said, how do I work this Instagram thing? How do I, pe-? I'd ask him something about it. I'm just not a techie person. I, I, I probably could be if I got, I don't want to be. But everywhere I go, my wife would tell you, I get overcome with computer stuff. I cannot tell you the computers people have given me. I've had people, as I'm going to the airport, run me down, Brother Richard, i got, I got to catch a plane. No, i got to give you my computer. Do you know how many iPads? I, but what am I supposed to do with them all? So you know what I do? I just sew them. Well, guess what happens? Every time I sew, I set a motion. I set in motion a law, and I keep, they keep coming. I mean, last year. Do you know, I've got, do you know how many iPads I've been given? Last year, I, I'm in a church, and I have my iPad. And then the pastor says, the Lord told me to buy you an iPad. I got a pastor, I got an iPad. I don't need another iPad. He said, but I want to buy you an iPad. I feel like I'm posting. I said, Pastor, I, I got one. <laughs> And I'd give my daughter one, and I'd give my wife one. How many more? I could, how many more do I need? People say, "Well, that's just extravagant." Well, talk to God about it, because God is extravagant. Listen, you'll never meet anybody more excessive and extravagant. Come on, than God. And I said, "Okay, whatever." So we went the next day. Went to the Apple Store, and he he, he bought me the the brand new iPad Pro, 13 inch with a pencil. iPad. No, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm just saying to you, church. When you make room for God, He makes room for you. When you make room for the anointing, the anointing makes rooms for you. Oh, hallelujah. And so here. The man of God, the anointing of God's laying in the bed. Now look what happened. Now Elijah's thinking to himself, listen, he's looking around the room. Man, I'm in this nice bed. Nice pillow. I mean, I, I travel with a pillow. I, my wife, I got, the, I got the my pillow. You never seen the thing on TV, my pillow? I got two of them. I travel with them. And it works for me. Now they got the now they got the 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 eye sheets. I'm gonna have to order those. <laughs> gonna have to get those, honey, when I get home. The my sheets. Anybody ever have one? You might got those. Tell me about them. Oh, you got the my pillow? It works, doesn't it? I love it. So he's sitting there in the room. I'm gonna show you something. I'm showing you your principle tonight. He's sitting around the room, thinking this has all been done for me. So now Elijah begins to think. Now, what can I do for her? See, when you make room for the anointing, the anointing makes room for you. What can I, 
What can I do for her? <clears throat> and verse 12, And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. So he's laying in the bed looking around, oh, looking at this chamber, looking at my bed, looking at all this for me. And he's thinking, what can I do? What can I? I'm sure his mind was consumed with it. What can I do for her? So he says to his servant, Gehazi, call the lady. And, and, and he said, and he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Understand something, ladies and gentlemen. This is a principle. This is the Word of God. And when you take and apply it to your life, you set in motion laws. That's why I said to you the other night, Every book that you have is just information. There's only one book that changes your very nature. And that's the Word of God. This is the only book that changes your nature. This is the only book that will take you from light, from darkness to light. That's why we got to give ourselves to it. That's why the Lord said to me, Many, many years ago, teach my people to do what they did in the Bible. And when they do, then the results that they had in the Bible will be the same results they'll have today. This is not just a book that we read to our kids to read stories to them as we're putting them to bed at night. Amen? We teach them, we teach them the Word of God. We teach them the Word of God. We teach your kids the Word of God. Teach your kids who they are in Christ. Teach your kids about the blood. Teach your kids about His power. Teach your kids about the Father and about His goodness and about His mercy. Teach the kids about wealth. Hello? Amen? Amen. Do you know what the Lord said to me not long ago? Because it bothers me when I see Christians come against prosperity because they really fight God. But you know what, you know what the, the Lord said to me? The Lord, here's what I heard in my spirit. I wrote it down. But he's, listen, if, if riches was bad, Satan wouldn't be a thief. He'd be a giver. Oh, how that'll preach. Amen? I'm, I, I want to swing on that thing. <laughs> I feel it tonight. Glory to God. It's breaking. It's breaking. It's breaking. And so he calls her in. So now he starts searching. He says, and, and he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest, then he starts searching. Wouldest thou be spoken for, for to the king? Or to the captain of the host? He's saying, do you want me to talk to the king for you? Or the captain of the army? Do you want me to, to, to talk to some people for you? Listen to what she says. And she answered, I dwell among my own people. Meaning she says, look, if I want to talk to him, I'll talk to him myself. I don't need you to talk to him. But he keeps searching. That's not good enough. 
And he said, what then is to be done for her? When you make room for the anointing, the anointing makes room for you. When you make room for the miraculous, the miraculous makes room for you. When you make room for God, God will make room for you. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, verily she hath no child and her husband is old. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaiden. See, Elisha was searching what can be done for her. Well, she, he found out, the anointing found out, she needs a miracle. She desires to have a son. All of her life, she just desired to have a child, but she hasn't been able to conceive. And now her husband is old, and it's impossible for her to conceive. And then Elisha, the anointing, there it is. A miracle? What's that? What's that? Give her a miracle. Give her a miracle. He calls her in. You're going to have a child. This time next year, you embrace a child. She says, no, ma, do not tease me. Do not tease me like that. It's been my greatest desire. I've always wanted a child. And I've come to the conclusion that that'll never happen. I'll not have a child. Don't play with me like this. And this is what the Bible says. And when the woman conceived, oh, and Barach a son at that at the season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. Understand something. Why did this miraculous miracle take place in her life? She made room for the anointing. She made room for God. She made room for the anointing. Understand, that is a principle. When you make room for God, God will make room for you. When you make room for the anointing, the anointing will make room for you. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. I'm showing you tonight by the Holy Ghost how in your life to receive the miraculous, to receive the anointing, to receive greater anointings. To receive the miraculous. How to operate in the miraculous. How to flow in the miraculous. Because whatever you make room for, God will make room for you. That is just a law. It's a spiritual law. It's a principle. Hallelujah. Do you know, Pastor Debbie that's coming here, she, you know what? I texted her today, and and I told her, "Hey, I told part of your testimony last night. I probably butchered it all up." And she said, "Well, that's unusual." She said, "Because she goes all over around the world telling my testimony." Matter of fact, what I was trying to say, see, I even start thinking of, you know, I could actually, I'm not, I could actually play for you. See, there's realms of God. There's realms of God. I, I, I want to share one more thing. I haven't shared this for years, but I've got to share this tonight, and then we're going to pray. 
My wife and I was in Scotland. And I was in Barhead or Paisley. I was in Scotland. And I go to this church. And I was preaching on the glory of God. I was sharing on the glory of God. And I started from Exodus chapter, what is it, chapter 40, verse 34, about the cloud of glory. Because the cloud of glory began to move. And when the cloud of glory began to move, then the children of Israel began to move. But, so, but what happens over time is people like to camp out. But when the glory of God moved, the children of Israel moved. Why? Because their protection was in the glory. They, they're, they're, they were fed supernaturally. Their clothes didn't even wear out. God fed them manna from heaven. Why? Because they, because understand something. The glory of God protected them from the elements. They protected them from the, from, from, from the coat. Protected them from the armies, the, the enemies from behind them. As long as they was in the glory, they was provided for. And guess what? If the glory began to move and, and they, they, they didn't go with the glory and camped out, they would have died in the desert. But as long as they followed the glory, as long as they was in the glory, and that's the problem that happens in, 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 in churches today and denominations today. I can take you. Do you know every denomination that started... In, in the world that started in, in America, the Baptist denomination, the Presbyterian, the Methodist, the, 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 the Pentecostals, the, the, the Word of Faith, the Word of Doubt and Unbelief, all of them. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the Lutherans. Do you realize that they all started in revival? Because the fires of revival were taking place in the day, and, 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 and their denomination started from the fires of revival. The Bible school started from the fires of revival. But what happens is that a lot of times people like to camp out. And when you camp out, you'll miss out because the glory of God continues to move. And you gotta move with the glory. You gotta follow the glory of God. You gotta follow the wave of God. You gotta follow the wave of God. I could take you to some churches right now, and you, and you go into the church, and at any moment you expect A. Allen to walk out. Because they're trapped in the 50s. Or they're trapped in the 60s, or they're trapped in the 70s, or they're trapped in the 80s. They're trapped in the 90s and they don't understand that the glory of God continues to move. You gotta move with the cloud of God. You gotta move with Him. And God constantly, because He comes to people that are hungry, because He hears your cry. He hears the cry of people crying out for a move of God. He hears the cry of humanity crying out for the supernatural, crying out for a great awakening, crying out for revival. And God never sends a revival to conform to the way we think a revival should be. God always sends it His way and He expects us to hook up with Him. Well, this this didn't happen in our denomination. Well, guess what? There's another cloud of glory that has come. You bet, you, you bet, don't, don't try to hold on to what you had because what you had is no more. Now, I'm not talking about getting away from the Word. I'm not talking about that. Don't, don't be silly. I mean, and some people, some people get rid- ridiculous. I remember in the 90s when the revival hit. 
There was a guy in, in, in New England. This would happen in New England. But there was a guy in New England. Got up, got up, he said, because he went to some revival. Which really wasn't really a revival, but they went to some revival. The guy had a church of 300 people. He got up and he said, man, revival's hitting in such and such place. He said, I've come to the conclusion we don't need this anymore. And he took and threw it to the side. Then he just laid on the floor and started laughing. What an idiot. And he wondered why people was leaving his church. The devil's attacking me. No, the devil ain't attacking. The devil's you. Because you're being stupid. Hello? There's always extreme. Ever, if you study revival, ever re- listen to me, every single revival has ended in excess. Study revival. But the cloud of glory continues to move. And if you're going to be stuck with whatever, if you're going to be stuck, and some people are stuck in the 60s and the 70s and 80s, and not, no, no, the cloud of glory is moving. The cloud of glory is moving. The cloud of glory is moving. Listen, ride the wave of God. Ride the wave of God. Well, I, I'm not used to it. Well, guess what? If you're only, only going to accept, listen, if you're only going to accept what happens in your church, then you're going to miss out on a whole lot of God. If you're only going to ha- accept what happens in your denomination, you're going to miss out on a whole lot of God. Because I can take you to China right now, and the, the Chinese church, the Chinese church thinks the church in America is backslid. Because all they pray is Holy Ghost fire, Holy Ghost fire, Holy Ghost fire. Do you know, do you know, listen, do you know China? Listen, there's a million people in China being saved every single month in China. My friend, Pastor Mark, he goes to the China. He's matter of fact, he's had to run from the police many times. Because you can't have a you can't have a large gathering because they'll come and arrest you. You gotta meet small groups. And you watch them. I, I, I saw this I saw a video. They 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 brought in Bibles and Pastor, they, they may, uh, you just want to just your heart they 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 they're opening up the box and they pull out Biblia, Biblia, and, and they start crying. They start crying and hugging their butt. Biblia, 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 Biblia. Do you know what they used to do until they got their Bibles? They, they would have one page that was tore out. And it, it would go to each person every few days to read it. And they every few days they'd get it to the next person. And they'd read it and give it to the next person. Just one page. One page. One page. And all they would do was pray in the Holy Ghost and ask God to send fire. Pray in the Holy Ghost and ask God to send fire. Pray in the Holy Ghost and ask God to send the fire. Pray in the Holy Ghost and ask God to send the fire. Pray in the Holy Ghost and ask God to send the fire. Pray in the Holy Ghost and ask God to send the fire. Pray in the Holy Ghost and ask God to send the fire. Pray in the Holy Ghost and ask God to send the fire. Pray in the Holy Ghost and ask God to send the fire. And he is. 
Oh, hallelujah. The miracles that are taking place. I'm telling you, the most incredible, unusual, unthinkable miracles that are taking place. Don't think for one moment the devil's winning. Don't think for one moment the devil's winning. Do you know, I could, do you know, do you know Jesus is appearing to the multitudes all over the Middle East? Jesus is, is walking into people's homes. Jesus is appearing to people. There's a mighty move of God that's happening around the world. Don't think for one moment that the devil's winning. He's not. God no, God's so many steps ahead of him. God knows exactly what he's doing. Come on, church. But still, he still needs someone. He still needs us to come after him and to seek him and to cry out unto him. Oh, Hallelujah. When you make room for God, God will make room for you. When you make room for God, God will make room for you. One more thing that Tozer said. He said this, those who seek, those who seek the Lord are set apart from those who do not. Oh, hallelujah. And I'm going to pray for people tonight. But my wife, she said you wanted to, you wanted to share about the making the room, right? Come here. And then we're going to pray. Still early. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Part two of last night. You know, we were believing for some personal things, and so just as you give, you have to learn to receive. Some people that are are good givers. Sometimes they don't know how to receive. When you give somebody something, they say, oh, no, 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 no. Well, you need to learn how to receive because you have to learn to receive from the Lord. And so when I was pressing in, I w- the Lord began to show me some things. And as I was crying out to him, because I knew that I, I, I just needed to make that connection. If I could make that connection in my faith, then I could have it. And I knew that I was so very, very close to getting it. But I was missing, I was missing something. But you know, the Lord is right there. And they that have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. And so when you clear out and your ears are open to hear and you have eyes open to see what the Lord wants to show you. And so as I was seeking, what I was seeking for is I didn't want a house full of scratch and dent. Do you know what that means? Where you have garage sale, you have mix match, you have everything, and you make something out of nothing. Well, I love to design, and I've done that most of my married life. And I could make something out of nothing. But this time, I drew a line. And I said, Lord, I want something that matches. I want to go to the next level in my faith, believing you for some furniture. But you see, I had a problem because he was believing for something else. He did not see value in furniture. He saw value in a Harley. That was the desire of his heart. But the desire of my heart was I wanted furniture, but it was for the whole family. It wasn't selfish, you know, and I kept saying, we can't roll the Harley in 
the living room and we all just lounge on it. But we can do that with furniture and the whole family can enjoy it. But it still didn't, it didn't sink in. It wasn't there. So I knew that when you can't get it this way, it's always this way, that God would give me a creative idea or he was going to make it happen because he makes a way where there is no way. You cannot go against someone's will. And the, and, and God can't either because he's already set all of these laws in motion that we have to work with those laws that are in motion that you can pray for someone someone to receive healing, but if they really don't desire it and it's their will that they not be healed, a lot of people have stepped over into glory and they didn't really want to be healed and you'd be there praying for them. Their will is involved. So God can't come because he gave us our free will. We have to choose him. We have to choose life. There's something that we have to do. So you see, sometimes we think the ball's in God's court. Uh Uh-uh, the ball's in your court. And so here, as I'm pressing in for the desire of my heart, the Lord said to me, he said, Rhonda, I can't fill something that's already filled. Well, that was revelation. And I happened to be in the bathtub soaking, you know, you, you know, sometimes where God can talk to you anywhere, but sometimes when you're relaxed and your mind is not on anything, he'll just drop that right on in you. And I just said, bless God. I knew what I was going to do. And I come out of that bathtub and I got on the phone because I had to empty out so God could come and fill. So ladies, you're believing God for some new clothes. Hey, get in your closet and start purging because there's not enough room for the new when it does come. Amen. So you see, you're going to have to empty out. So I got on the phone. I knew some people that had some needs. I said, hey, you need a new dining room table? I've got one, six chairs. Come and get it. I said, do you need a new couch? Do you need a new chair? I started cleaning it out. Our house looked like we were moving. My little girl could ride her little big wheel all through the house. And so it looked like we were moving. And so this was all in the time frame that we were sharing last night, that we were in those meetings. And night after night, and the Lord said, I am going to teach you how to make a living off of your giving. Well, you see, that's so contrary to what the ways of the world You know, it's hoard up, hoard up, give me, give me, give me more, you know? And so, but God is more release, release. And so all of that stuff went out of my house. And so now you actually, you could be like, wow, I I can picture what I want now. You know, I started getting more vision because it wasn't all cluttered up and I knew. And so, but still I did not have the blessing. I, I went into a furniture store. I went into a nice furniture store and you know, they put the nice stuff at the front of the store. And I said, I'd like this, 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 this. Can you write that up and see if I approve for that? (laughs) 
So they did. They said, sure, you do, Mrs. Moore. I said, okay, well, let me think about it. So I had that nice little piece of paper, and I knew his heart was fixed on a Harley. But here... We were in that month of this supernatural giving. What had happened for us to catch some of you up is that December had come and went and our church had a New Year's Eve. Uh, service and the pastor felt that we were to go on another week and the spirit of the Lord spoke to my husband that I want you to be in every one of those services and give radically because see we could not come out and teach people what we were not experiencing that was not tried and proven and that's really what's wrong with the body of christ is a lot of people can dish the medicine out but they're not taking it and i have a lot of preacher friends that fancy pants that will sit on the front row with me they don't even have a cup they don't know how to drink. They don't know how to yield to the spirit of God. They've got their little messages. They've got their whole controlled everything, but they've never really experienced what God has for them. And so if you're going to be a teacher or a leader, what are, you're going to have to lead in the things you're going to have to lead in the book of acts. You're going to have to lead in the giving. How are people going to get a hold of it? unless you're doing it and then they're going to get a hold of it so we share out of our abundance we don't share out of our lack we share out of our experiences we can take you there because we've been there and you can go there and so these stories are anointed by the holy ghost in a timely fashion to bring liberty to bring freedom to the body of christ because we got out of the boat we're not in the boat anymore we got out of that stinking boat and we started walking on the water just like Peter because you gotta have you gotta have action to your faith because if you just sit there all she oh you just got a you're just full of faith but no action and to, and to be able to receive it when it comes so in this course of time I um, you know I was driving down this road well you have to realize that Every city that we would go in, he would take me and my little girl into the Harley place because he was getting vision of what he wanted. And so those Harley places aren't very friendly with all of their posters. And Lord forbid if you have to go to the restroom because there's even more posters in there and they're not really appropriate posters for a little girl to be looking at or you know what I mean and all the little sayings and everything but he would take us and even in Alaska we're in the Harley place now people granted people would get born again and granted some of those Harley people they just loved him and they'd come to the church and the one fella got up to testify and you just wanted to go and he says, yeah, I know what part of the body of Christ he is. Because after he sat in the service and he got the joy and he goes, I know what he is. He's the butt. And he says, because it causes a movement. And it's <laughs> in the body of Christ that he's the butt. In the, but he didn't say butt, you know. And so because they're just raw, they're just fresh out, you know. They're born again. And so he's coming and everybody's just like, 
So he was just talking about that it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. So that was his testimony. So you see where I was with that, okay? So finally, so okay, so now we're like in January and we're meeting after meeting and the Spirit of the Lord was, you know, we're giving and as much as we were giving, it just kept coming back to us and we're giving radically. But the Lord was showing us something. So I passed the Harley place and it's it the sign had said, Santa left your Harley here. Well, I called my husband. I said, hey, honey. <laughs> I said, you know the Harley place? I said, you know the one you were looking at a couple of weeks ago? It's The sign says, Santa left your, Santa left your Harley here. <laughs> but I wasn't the only one that called him that day. Another man called him that day that was looking. They all were looking at the same time. Everybody had this desire. There were like three other men too. And so the one said, I just believe that your Harley's there. The one, like he wanted this soft tail Harley. And, um, I forget what it was. It was a soft tail. And I mean, I used to know the whole thing because that we would drag me in there to look at these Harleys. Well, this one had the American flag on it. Oh, it was just, he was just in love with this. And so he had went with one of his preacher friends and that preacher friend called him the same day that I said, Santa left her earlier, called him and said, I feel that you're to go and get that. But then that he had two confirmations. Then another pastor called and said, not only that, I'm going to give, I'm going to sow into you to go get it. So you see, so it was like he had, God had put in his hand to go get. And so because I initiated too, I got a hold of that because it was like, you know, sometimes you're moving in things and you don't even know you're moving in them. But there was a favor on me and I already had gotten my list of furniture right here and it's right there, but I wasn't going to be disobedient. And I, I didn't want to have that unharmony. I did that when we first got married, I bought a table without asking. Well, I never lived it down. So I knew better than that. You know, you need to be in agreement. So when he got happy and the Lord gave him the desire of his heart, he wanted me to be happy. And so God made a way where there was no way. And he took that and he tried to go and figure out what it was that I picked out because he was going to surprise me. So it was like so supernatural. So, so God will make a way where there is no way. And He will, He will get it to you one way or another. Just keep on casting your bread upon the water. So just know that He can't fill something that's already filled. So there's something about the purging. There's something about the purging. And, um, just purging your closet, your, your, um, clothes. It'd be, you, we have so much. We are people of consumption. We have so much. Uh, we are so blessed as individuals in uh, this country. And so sometimes it's good just to unload and to purge. And it can be like a spiritual experience because you aren't 
you aren't holding on to all of that and you've released it and it's a freedom and it's cleansing. So that's really what I wanted to share with you. So a good giver is a good receiver. So have your expectors turned on. So whatever you're trusting him for, he's making it, he's bringing it. Your name is on it, and it's on its way. So don't grow weary in well-doing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Hallelujah. So determine tonight that from tonight on, you're going to be consumed with making room for more, making room for God, making room for miracles. Amen? Make room for miracles. Make room for miracles. I, I keep hearing that in my spirit. Make room for miracles. Make room for miracles. Make room. Make room for miracles. Make room. You are supernatural. You are a supernatural church. You are a supernatural church. And God's purpose and God's plan is for you to walk in the supernatural. For you to live in the supernatural. For you to flow in the supernatural. How many desire to walk in the supernatural? Hallelujah. God's purpose and plan is for you to walk in the supernatural. As I was sitting there, we're going to pray for people tonight. We'll see with the offering just here just now, but if the ushers would come. But as I was sitting there, I heard the Lord say on Sunday night, we're going to move these chairs. We're going to have a special laying on of hands anointing service on Sunday night. Hallelujah. Praise. That's what I felt. But hallelujah. So ushers are coming now. Tonight, just do what the Lord tells you to do or do what you feel to do in your heart. Just if you're going to make out a check, make your checks out to this abbreviation VOR, Voice of Revival Ministries. Hallelujah. Everybody do something. Hallelujah. Thank you. I tell you, there's an anointing here for, for who, who has a, who here in your back? I mean, you've really been suffering in your back. Raise your hand. When, in, in, in your back. You, you have been having a lot of pain? Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm moving right now. You, my, okay, well, I'm going to pray for you tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know the Lord told me to tell the Lord told me to tell the church that if you begin to cry out for miracles, listen to me. As you begin to cry out for miracles, it's okay to because the Bible says desire the best gifts, right? You know, as you begin to cry out the miracle, I'm telling you, abundant life family church. As you begin to cry out for miracles and begin to seek miracles, as miracles will be manifested in this house. And it'd be a, it'd be, this church would be known as a house of miracles. Because you'll have what you seek. Whoo, mama, that was free right there. You'll, you'll ha- Listen to me. You will have what you seek. You will have what you seek. Do you know what you need to do, Pastor? You need to, I've seen your son. Uh, the sign out there, family, life, church, whatever. What is it? Abundant Life Family Church. You need, you need to put a big old sign out there and say, warning. You are now entering the, the zone of extreme blessing. 
You'll have what you seek after. You're now entering into a house of extreme blessing. You're now entering into a house of extreme blessing. You're now entering into a house of miracles. Ooh, that's my phone. I better be careful. She, I'm slamming my phone down. <laughs> oh, bullish. Oh, extreme blessing. 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 Oh, extreme favor. Extreme miracle. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just keep over inside me. I just keep hearing supernatural. 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 The supernatural. Supernatural. You need to begin to believe the supernatural. You know, do you know why most people don't have the supernatural? Because they never expect, expect it. Do you know why many ministries don't have the supernatural? Because they, they never expect it. Some ministries, all they have is a sermon. Hallelujah. But Paul said, my gospel didn't come to you in sermon only. It didn't come in word only. But it came in power and demonstration. If all you ever do, listen, if all we ever do is have a sermon, that's just half the gospel. We need to preach the full gospel. We need to have the full gospel. Amen? Amen. I asked the Lord one time, because, I mean, and I, I mentioned it the other night, but you, you know what I got to worry about in the meetings? In the meeting, I step over, and I didn't even finish about Scotland, but... In the meeting, I step over. And I'll be honest with you, I, I, I forget about time. Because I step over into the realm of God. And even now, I mean, and I won't go into the whole thing in Scotland, but when I was in Scotland, I, I, I stepped over. It's like the line between the natural and the supernatural. And I stepped over in the supernatural and I started speaking in tongues. I started preaching in tongues. I started calling people out in tongues. And I had a lady after the service. Listen, I'm, I'm a hillbilly from Kentucky, man. I mean, I, listen, my family ran moonshine. I mean, they made moonshine. <laughs> and I'm in Kentucky in this very distinguished prim proper lady from France just happened to be in my meeting that night in Scotland and she came up to me and she said can I ask you a question I said sure she said how long have you spoke French but I stepped over in the realm of the Holy Ghost and for about I don't know how long it was a while I started I couldn't it's like I forgot English so I just spoke in tongues and preached in tongues and called people out in tongues she came to me she said how long have you spoke she says, "How long have how long have you how, how long have you spoke French?" I said, "Ma'am, I, I don't know French. That's all I know. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, wee oui, wee, oui, pee pee. I don't know. I don't know." And she said, "No, no." But here's what she said. Here's what she said. You know, the Lord brought you here tonight. But here's what she said. She said, I knew when you were, because she said, I, spoke, I speak fluent, 
fluent English and French. Whew, you should come stand where I'm standing right now. And she said, I knew when you went from English to French. She said, there was a portion of time that she said, you spoke perfect French. She said, you called me out by my first, middle, and last name in French. She said, you told me my problem. She told me why my problem existed. And she says, you told me how to go free tonight from my problem. Not only that, she said, you spoke to me word for word tonight as what the Lord's speaking to me on the way here. And she said, I just want you to know that I'm leaving here tonight totally free, totally delivered, and I'm a new person. It was something very private. I just happened to be back in Scotland the very next year because the pastor moved to a bigger building. And I just happened to be preaching again the very next year. And she just happened to be there again. What, that was no coincidence. She said, I've been free ever since. Amen. See, uh, what I'm saying to you, there's no, there's no, if you just learn to get over in the anointing, just get over in the realm of the supernatural, there's absolutely no limit. There's nothing impossible. Did we, did we not pass the bucket? Okay, pass the bucket. Whew, my rasa kelevre. And I'm not going to keep you much more. I tell you, the supernatural is going to begin to, listen, from this night on, the supernatural is going to begin to flow. The supernatural is going to begin to operate in your life, through your life, in this church, in the soup. An increase, an increase, an increase, an increase, an increase, an increase, an increase. An increase. Yes. Do you know there's been some over, the, over time have been stepped over into the realm of glory. There have been some that stepped over into the realm of the supernatural, stepped over into the realm of miracles, and they live there temporarily. But I'm telling you in these last days, there will be those that step over into that realm, and they won't just walk in that realm temporarily. They'll live in that realm. They'll walk in that realm. Everywhere they go, that realm goes with them, and miracles follow them. The supernatural is manifested. Signs and wonders. The signs and wonders is what the church of the living God must have in our midst. We are a supernatural church. If you've ever read after A.B. Simpson, A.B. Simpson was an awesome man of God. A.B. Simpson said this. A.B. Simpson said, for the church to have anything less than the supernatural in her midst is a disgrace to Almighty God, to every true man. We are supernatural. God never intended for us not to have the supernatural in our midst. God never intended for us not to have the, the moving of the Spirit of God. God never intended for us not to have signs and wonders. God never intended for us not to have creative miracles in our midst. Whatever you seek after, in the name of Jesus, will you have. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I, just, I want to pray for this. What's your name, ma'am? Tracy. Can I pray for you? Come. If I can just get the ushers to move this. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray for a number of people tonight. And, and listen, let me just tell you, you don't want to miss tomorrow. I'm telling you, you just don't want to miss tomorrow night. <laughs> you don't want to miss tomorrow night. We've got a number of pastors coming, but you don't want to miss tomorrow night. 
Hallelujah. And then Sunday night, obviously Sunday morning, and Sunday night a special anointing service. Come, come, Tracy, come and just oh, refresh And the sister, come. Where will you back? I want you to come up here. And the moment I lay my hand upon you, the fire of God's going to go right in you. Oh, just come stand right here and face me. Just face me. Just lift your hands. Oh, Father, right now in the name. Oh, there it is. Shh. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, yeah. That anointing saturates you. Thank you, Lord. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Just lift your hands, Tracy. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Oh, Lord, I thank you. The moment I lay my hand upon you, the anointing of God's going to go right into you. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for your touch in the name of Jesus. Just receive it. Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Rafa, sister. How is it, sister? And you're back. Is it healed? Well, come back here. Father, in the name, the fire of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that signs and wonders. In the name of Jesus, it is so. Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you right now. Jesus. Oh, yeah, that's that anointing. Oh, yeah. Jesus, that anointing. Oh, yeah. Jesus, that anointing. Come here. Come here. And Sister, Sister Rose, come here. Come stand right here. Oh, Rabaria, and lift your hands. Father, I thank you. Lord, you said, Will it, can it be so with me? Oh, it'll be so in the name, and it is Jesus' name. Oh, supernatural. Oh, yeah, Rustakelev. Never the same. Never the same. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. You was in the hospital twice? For what? Your back? There's. You got pain in your back now? There's a growth. There's, there's a growth. Well, we're gonna, no, there's no growth in the name of Because I said back. I knew that's why I said who has back. Father, was it right in your lower back? Jesus' name. Jesus, be free. In the name of Jesus, be free. In the name of Jesus, curse it and you be made whole in the name of Jesus. Never the same, never the same, never the same. In the name of Jesus. Oh, sir, I, I, want, I need you to come up here. Sir, come up here. Yeah, come here. Put your hands. I'm lay my hands upon you. In the name of Jesus, the fire of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Huh. Well, it's not a big church, but we can walk all around it if you like. Huh? <laughs> fire of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Was there pain in it a minute ago? Is there any pain now? No pain. She's had four fractures. In the name of Jesus, that anointing destroys that yoke. Totally healed. Totally healed in the name of Jesus. Come here. 
Come up here. Yeah, yeah, come. Horista talavra. I tell you, the anointing of God's here, my rishta levrepa, koshata, rabrunzi, levrepa, shistele eon von sane, olalala lava sane. Lift your hands, close your eyes. Father, I thank you, Jesus. That anointing saturates you. Fire! In the name of Jesus. Yeah, go ahead. Drink over there in the corner. Drink. Yeah, it's time. Listen, it's time the church start drinking. Come on, you're a school teacher. You should be a good drinker. You're from New York. Everybody from New York's a good drinker. I lived in New York for two years. I ate almost every day I ate Italian food. Everything's Italian. I ate so much Italian food because I was associate pastor of Italian church. I ate so much Italian food, I think my blood turned into ragu sauce. I mean, it's just... Do you know, to this, to this day, I can't even stand Italian food. I don't even eat it. I don't even want it. I ate so much of it, I don't even want it. I can eat pizza. That's it. Now, do I? When do we ever go to an Italian restaurant? Never. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I don't eat it. I don't eat it. I don't eat it. Come here. Shoo. Hallelujah. Shatarafa, sister. I eat pizza, but that's not really Italian. Never the same. Whew, shoo, yeah. I don't know any. Oh, yeah, I don't know any. How is it? Come on, Rose. In the name of Jesus, the fire of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> in the name, in the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus. What a thank. Just take it, take it, take it, take it. It's going right in you. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Oh, yeah, it goes right in you. How is it, Rose? Your box warm? That's the anointing. That's what happens when the anointing comes. It's like a heat. It's like a, like a hot honey, like a warm honeyer. That's the anointing. Your box warm. That's the anointing of God working in your back. It's never the same in the name of Jesus. Never the same in the anointing of Jesus. My hand's burning just like your back is. <laughs> Jesus' name. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Thank, you. Thank you, Lord. Good usher. <laughs> Do you know I had a, we know I had a meeting in New England one time and, and some lady tried to sue? Yeah, tried to sue the church and Went and stood before the judge, and the judge said, asked her what happened. She said, the Holy Ghost pushed me down. <laughs> That's what she said. The, the, that, that was a bad argument. The, the judge looked at her and said, case dismissed. Because <laughs> the Holy Ghost pushed her down. The judge said, did the, did, the, did, the, did the preacher touch you, which was me? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, never the same. It's, people get in a hurry. This is God's operating table. This is where God, this is where He takes out and this is where He puts in. Amen? Amen? Because actually the reality is we haven't come here to be, for you to be touched. We've come here for you to be changed. Amen? Amen? Just receive this. Lift your hands right now. Father, I thank you right now. Father, let the fire of heaven fall in this house. Now in the name of Jesus.
Oh, there it is. Isn't that Jesus? Jesus. Jesus. I got to pray with this gentleman right here. What's your name, sir? Andy, can I pray for you? Father, that I just keep coming to you. Never. What do you do, Andy? You're an accountant. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, just, just lift your hands. Big thanks. Father, I thank you for Andy. I lay my hands on you, Andy. That anointing is going to go right into you. In the name of Jesus. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. That anointing saturates you, Andy. Oh, yeah. Never the same. Oh, yeah. Mama, mama. Rista, Katie. Never the same in the name of Jesus. Never the same. Come here, Stephen. Come here, Stephen. Jesus. Stephen. Jesus. Oh! Uh-huh. It's strong. Yeah, it is strong. It's very strong up here. <laughs> yeah, this is what I've been standing in all night. <laughs> Fire! <laughs> Jesus. 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 I learned to hit on this side because the gun's on that side. Jesus. 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 Oh! Yeah, just. You're a good usher. Some places I go, they just drop them. You're a good usher. Oh! Uh, yeah, drunk! Yeah. That's it, Andy. Drunk! Yeah, drunk! Yeah, that's it, drunk. Ah! Oh! Oh! That's it, Andy. Drunk! That's it. That's it. Drunk. 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 You got to let it flow out of your belly. You just got to let it. Come on. Flow out of your belly. Just got to let it flow out of your belly. Just let it flow out of your belly. You got to let it flow out of your belly. Do you know tongues and joy comes from the same place? Just put your hands on your belly. Some of your hands are going to be sticking out further than others, but that's all right. <laughs> Bad evangelist. Now pray in tongues. Okay, stop. Now let the joy flow. 
<laughs> Let the joy flow. Come on. Joy and tongues come from the same place. See, everybody's used to hooking up to those rivers of joy. I mean, of tongues. Let the rivers of joy flow. <laughs> come on. That's it. Just like Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Andy. <laughs> oh. Just like Peggy. Yeah. Sister Canary. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Let that joy flow. Yeah, that's it. Let that joy flow. That's it. Let that joy flow. Let that joy flow. Yeah, yeah. You didn't know he's going to come to church and get drunk tonight, did you, Andy? That's all right, Andy. We'll call you an Uber. Drunk. Drunk. Let that joy flow. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Come on, you're a New Yorker. You're a good drinker. Drunk. Drunk. You're sitting beside a good drinker. Let that joy flow. Ha ha. Drunk, drunk, drunk. Come on, drunk. Go ahead, Rose. Come on, Rose. You're Hispanic. All Hispanics are good drinkers. <laughs> All Oregons are good drinkers. Is that what you call it, Oregons? What do you call Oregonians? Oregonians. 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 Come on, all all Oregonians are good drinkers. Come on, all come on. Let that let that flow out your belly. Come on, there's a lot in there. Let that flow out that belly. Come on, let that flow. Come on, let that, that's it, come on. Let that flow. Come on. Ah! Woo! Let that flow. Go ahead, sister. Let that flow. Come on, let that flow. Go ahead, let that flow. Come on, let that flow. Go ahead, let that flow. Go ahead, let that flow. Ha ha ha. Go ahead, let that flow. Oh yeah. Drunk, 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 drunk. You're sitting beside a drinker. Ha ha ha. Come on, Kimo. All Hawaiians are good drinkers. Come on. Ha, ha, ha. Lord Jesus, lift your hands. Lord she, Jesus, touch Sister Canary. Hallelujah, Lord. Never the same. <laughs> Lord, touch the touch the good usher drinker. Jesus, <laughs> come on, come on, you're a good drinker. Come on, you you get make up for getting punched Sunday morning. Come on, you're a good drinker. <laughs> you're a good drinker. Go ahead, New York. Never the same, Rose. Rose's husband got real touched. Never the same, Rose. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. Go ahead. Man, I, uh, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it, Rose. That's it, Rose. 
That's it, Rose. That's it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drunk, drunk, drunk. Oh, okay, there she goes in the floor. Okay. She's in the floor. Don't worry about it. She's in the between the pews or the chairs, whatever they call them. Where you going, Lord Jesus? What's happening? <laughs> Never the same, Andy. Oh, yeah. Drunk. Never the same, Andy. Drunk. <laughs> so, listen, I didn't do that. First of all, he's a big old boy. I didn't do that. It's the Holy Ghost. Never the same. Whew. But you know, three times, I, I, I was just waiting for the right time. I saw the anointing come on him tonight. I saw it come on him. I was just waiting for the right, you just got to buy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Huh? Yeah, rabasite levas. Oh, my, my, my. See, you, can, you just can't end meetings like this. I mean, and, we're, and oh, my, my, my. But you know what's so awesome is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's called, that's called Pentecost. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at the lady trying to help her. Just the ninth hour. What the, oh, it's only ten after ten. That's nothing. Do you know? The, do you know it's Thursday night? Oh yeah. <laughs> do you know there's people right now paying big money to get that way? They're paying big money to get that way. Oh, but she's gonna wake up free. She's not gonna wake up hungover and sick and. She'll wake up free. Are you taking a video of me dancing? Oh, okay. We need to get you an iPhone. Hallelujah. <laughs> Nothing. I was just joking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Rose, never the same. That's a... You must be special. She brought you a pillow or her jacket to use as a pillow. It's her, it's her jacket. Never the same. What? What?
Somebody came up to us and said, your meetings are like an asylum asylum where the patients are in charge. <laughs> They're like a circus and, you, and you're the conductor. <laughs> Do you know what somebody, this person had to really think this through. They came one time and said that, 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 that the evangelist said that laughing gas was put under the seats. And the reason why the evangelist walks up and down so much because there's a button and he steps on the button and releases gas. That's what they said. But it didn't affect me. Earth to Andy. Earth to Andy. Earth to... Never the same, Andy! Jesus... <laughs> Do you know I have had I've had theologians and I have had real skeptics over the years come to my meetings to find out what is it that I'm doing? Because I'm not necessarily sometimes I do, but for for the most part I'm I'm not, you know. Preaching real boisterous and spitting over five, six pews. I mean, it's just, I mean, there's times that happens, but I mean, I, I'm, I just, most of the time, I just walk up and down. Just, and people, well, why, how, what is he doing to, it's just the Holy Ghost. But he moves every night. Every night. Every night. Every night. Every, and you guys have been found faithful. And with that comes increase. Just as in the just as in the word, as we got to study to show ourselves approved. But showing ourselves approved is many different ways. It's showing yourself approved with what God's given you. Do you know you if you, you can't you, you can't expect an increase in the anointing if you're not faithful to what He's given you. Amen. Amen. It's a whole other subject. How you doing down there, Northern Face? That's hunger. He was in school from this morning until 7 tonight. Instead of driving home, he comes here. That's, you know what? Hunger's an action. And you'll never be the same. Just wait and see God use you. Nations of the world preaching the gospel. I'm going to go on a mission to find you a wife. <laughs> I got him in agreement. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have you, you know, you, I mean, really, you just can't, how do you, you just can't end the service. You're just going to just have to say, you know, we love you. I mean, there's no official dismissal. I mean, if you're looking for official dismissal, then there you go. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Is that how it goes?
what I say to people? I say, look, <clears throat> we want people. I know. Pe- listen, I know people's got to get up early and go to work, and I know people have kids that go to school. I would. I would rather somebody come for just an hour and leave than to stay home and not do nothing. Because we're not in a hurry. So I tell people, just come, because we're going to move with the Holy Ghost, have His presence, and then when you're ready to leave, leave. Because there's no really official dismissal. I mean, how, you just can't. I mean, you just can't just say, "Okay, now get up, we're leaving." You can't do that. No, no, no. Because that's God's operating table. I mean, when's the last time He's been on like that on the floor? Yeah. So I mean, it needs to be a regular basis, huh? I'm potent to uh, Andy. I mean, so you just can't say, okay, now get up now, stop, get up and go, we've got to go. No, you just can't do that. But people do do that. No, I've been in places and as soon as they fall down, they got the urges to pull them up. Why? Stop. That's right. They, they go out in the noise and they got to pull them right out of it. Stop. Yeah, really. But you know, I have to tell you something so funny. I don't know even why I'm thinking about it, but there was one of our revivals. Oh, the pastor's <laughs> the pastor's wife. She was older, but she came in a red jumpsuit. <laughs> the power of God hit her. She hit the ground, started laughing because she Peter pants. What? She Peter pants. And when she got up and took off running, <laughs> when she ran, everybody saw the wet spot. <laughs> I felt so sorry for her, but she didn't even know she did it. No, no, she she didn't care. And I said to her after, she was a, this lady was crazy. No, no, but she was awesome crazy. I, I like crazy. I do, I like crazy. And um, I told her, I said, I said, Mary, her name was Mary. I said, Mary, you know, you peed your pants tonight and you ran around my service. She, start, she started laughing. She didn't care. But listen. This is the same. I actually, I love. She was like a mama to me. I did her whenever she died a couple of years. I, I, I did her funeral, and and she, her and her husband pastored a great church, and her husband was a Baptist. She she was a pastor's wife for ten years before she even got saved. Wow. And her and she was this she Mary oh Mary she was so radical. And her and her, you got to know the, the her her husband, Paul. He was like he's so the opposite. Raised in a Mormon church, his father was a bishop in the Mormon church, and he got saved. Very brilliant man, but he's very together. You know what I mean? Very just yeah, and so, but he's very proud, and. He got this offer. He was pastoring the Baptist church. And he was pastoring this church in North Carolina. They, actually, they used to have KKK applications in the hymnals. Oh, wow. <laughs> Crazy. And um, so he got a job promotion to just go up north to pastor this very, very wealthy, very exclusive church. Very prestigious church. And it was a dream job. And so they go and the pulpit community, the pulpit committee loved him and they approved him. They said, now before, before we can put you in as pastor, 
we have to approve your wife. Now, this is Mary. She is so <laughs> radical. So he comes back and says, Mary, the, 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 the pulpit committee, the, 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 ladies, the ladies are going to come and, and you, you're going to impress them because want, I want this job. We'll be set for life. I mean, a country club membership comes with it. I mean, the, everything. And so she, she says, now, Paul, she says, you know, I'm going to be myself. <laughs> he goes, today, you're not. <laughs> she says, now, Paul, she, 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 he says, now, Mary, you do what I tell you. Now, you get in there and you fix them. They want to know, they want to know you can cook. Now you get in there and fix them a, your finest meal. And then go and get dressed and be in your finest the ladies are coming over she says alright Paul so the ladies drive up they had their big shadies they all had their mink coats on they come up knock on the door and he, he's just kissing their behinds you know he comes opens the door oh lady he's just smoothing it on they go now Paul we like you but we come to prove your wife oh she's, she's in the back getting ready oh she can't wait to meet you and so they all sit down on the couch now, Paul, where's Mary? Well, I'm going to go see how far along. He goes in the room. She ain't even dressed yet. He says, Mary. He starts chewing her out. She goes, Paul, I'll be there. And he walks out and he goes, ladies, oh, she's looking fine. She says, can't wait to meet you guys. <laughs> so here's what she did. She puts her son's jeans on. She had to lay on the bed to pull them up. She puts her hair in curlers and a bandana. She puts a halter top on with no brawl and she puts these high heels on and, and Paul's bike was to her and he's looking at the ladies when she comes walking out he said the ladies went and then she comes out listen she comes out and she says oh ladies I'm the new pastor's wife she says, I made you a meal. It's in the, it's in the oven. She said, Paul, now you serve him. He said, now, Paul, I'm going down the pool hall, and I'll be down there for a few hours, and I'll be back. <laughs> and she walked out the door. <laughs> he didn't get the job. But this is the kind of lady she was. She was just a radical lady. Oh, I loved her. And I, I, had the, such the, I had the privilege of doing a funeral or celebration service. She was the furthest thing from religion. And I like that. Because I hate religion. Because religion does nothing but bind people up. See, this won't be accepted with religion. So what am I supposed to do? Stephen, Andy, Canary, get up. No, he can't do that. So, you know, I just tell people... I just tell people, we love you. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow night. Bring yeah, bring somebody. You don't have to leave. You can stay here in His presence. I'm not leaving. You can stay here in God's presence. But if you're looking for official dismissal, <laughs> tomorrow night, don't miss tomorrow night. Bring somebody tomorrow night. Sunday morning, bring somebody. And then Sunday night is special. The Lord said to me, special laying of hands anointing service Sunday night. Hallelujah. Did you need to say something? Did you need to say something? Do you want to announce something? Well, you know what? You know, one thing I want to—I do want to say—I wasn't planning on saying. Um, uh, like you said, you know, you want to be as hungry as possible. 
Because when you're hungry and when you're thirsty, you can take a filling. And you want your life to change around you. The work has to be done on the inside first. And you know what? People will notice. If your family, you want to know, I mean, you want to talk about living a supernatural life? I tell people all the time, it's all about Jesus and we are not religious people. And my hairstylist came the other night, and they had to leave early. And I was like, she did come. Yeah, and he came too. And she texted me, and she says, that was, and they don't know anything. Because I was explaining some things. They've never been in church before. They don't know anything about anything. And he says, well, what do you mean by minister? What does that mean? And so I, I gave him kind of a heads up about things. I didn't stay till the very end. But she texted me later, and she said, that was an awesome service. She says, that was awesome. We'll be back. I don't know when they'll be back, but I said, well, we'd love to have you come back. We're so thankful you came. You know, it's love in action. And uh, so don't be afraid to step out and get all that God has for you and be stirred up. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we love you all. God bless you. And like a... Uh, like Brother Richard said, you can stay here and just bask in his presence. I mean, we'll eventually, but we just want you to soak it up. And there's refreshments downstairs, and you can fellowship and enjoy. Praise God.